Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 17, Episode 7, The Failed Priest. We really have lots to discuss this episode, so I'm just going to dig right into this. The first thing that always amuses me is how TLC is now actively throwing shade at the husband, Cody Brown. They always label him the husband on the show, of course, as if we don't already know. But what I noticed this episode is the title of this episode is The Failed Priest. And Cody may joke about his failed marriage because he finds it ironic that he's officiating a wedding, beginning a marriage in the midst of his so many failed ones when he is right in the middle of his divorce from the heart of his family, Christine. Is Cody qualified to speak on love and marriage? Is Cody an example to be held highly on the marital front, so much so that he should qualify to marry others? I don't know, but Cody loved it. He loved the spotlight. He loved being the star of the show. This wedding wasn't for the bride and groom. This wedding was for Cody. His ego has taken a beating. He really needs to feed it. It's starving and weak with Christine's departure. So he really, really needed this. And I sensed, and I have increasingly sensed, a lot of resentment in the undertones of Goblin's confessional scenes regarding her soulmate. She seems displeased by Kotex frustrated and edging towards her wit's end. She always seems annoyed by him. She's always vexed, complaining about how angry and unhappy Cody is. And one thing I noticed that was again highlighted for me is that Robin and Cody really are cut from the same cloth. And that does not escape me this episode. Whenever I think Cody just can't go any lower He never fails to prove me wrong. Despite Cody's high morals and ethics, and the high morals and ethics of his faith, and the high expectations and standards that only he can reach, we learn, yet again, his actions don't reflect that. We see Cody, this episode, making up laws to try and intimidate Christine regarding the custody thing with Truly. He just winged it, spouting shit straight from that tight-as-a-fist, clenched asshole of his without knowing what the law actually was, just making it up as he went along to intimidate Christine, throwing around words like lawyer and legal and custody and agreements, as if Christine is the bad guy who will keep truly away when it's obvious all Christine wants is for Cody to not hurt her kids and for him to love them unconditionally and for him to treat them fairly and equally with the same investment he gives to certain other kids in the family as the father. She wants Cody to see her kids. Christine would love it. We all know that as viewers. 
Christine knows that. And deep down, asshole Cody knows that too. He knows Christine wouldn't keep the kids away intentionally. He knows she will in fact help facilitate Cody's engagement with the kids, even though it's not her responsibility. She doesn't want to see her kids hurt. She wants them to be loved by their father. She wants them to feel loved unconditionally by Cody. She wants them to feel that they matter to him. She will do whatever it takes to help her kids get what they need from their father, even though this is on Cody and it's not at all on Christine. Christine will still always put her kids first. Cody won't hesitate to turn Truly into a bargaining chip to leverage in order to ensure that things go his way financially and legally in the divorce. See, Cody is willing to leverage Truly for money, for the land. See how desperate he was to try and claim partial dibs on Christine's proceeds if she were to sell and that he thought that she would invest her money into the land just because he and his goblin gave her the down payment when Christine paid everything else herself and the mortgage as well every month. And Christine gave her portion of Coyote Pass to Cody for something like 10 bucks, allegedly, to him and Goblin. She gifted that land. So that down payment Cody helped chip in for doesn't make it acceptable and fair for Christine to have to split all the proceeds for her house that she paid for. That was nuts that Cody would expect that. Cody is desperate for money. He must have very, very few coins and he has very few strands on his head. He has very few coins in his bank. Cody's a minimalist. Coins and strands, coins and strands, very few. Cody has a shortage in coins. And so now he finds it acceptable. He wants to use Truly as a bargaining chip and her custody and the legal bullshit as a way to push Christine to give what should be hers to him so he can pay off the land and not have to deal with Janelle. Cody probably doesn't even have money for a lawyer. Lawyers are very expensive. Maybe Robin should get a job. Christine works, Cody works, Janelle works, Mary too. Although with those prices for her exclusive retreat packages, vacations for mere thousands a stay in Parowan, Utah, I do wonder how booked she will be. Everyone works outside of filming but Robin, so maybe she should work other than filming too since lawyers are so expensive and Cody seems hell-bent on getting a lawyer. There is no way in hell Christine will allow her kid to be used as a bargaining chip so that Cody can push her to give up what money is hers from her home or anything else that should be hers. That was ridiculous and look how Christine stayed chill. She was diplomatic. She was shocked. She knows that Cody is being manipulative. She knows he's being an idiot. And she stayed chill and calm and diplomatic the whole time. And she just said, well, I'll get a lawyer too. That's my money. That's my house. And she didn't let it phase her. And I don't know if I would have had the patience or grace. She knew exactly what Cody was doing throughout that whole conversation. She has his number down after so many years. So she just let 
Cody's behavior speak for itself. And I thought it was amazing. Christine kept her composure. And it's really insulting to have a person not trust you when you know you have repeatedly shown your intention is not against that other person. Christine's intention is not against Cody. She wants truly to have unified parents and a co-parenting experience. She wants peace. She wants compromise. She wants everyone to get along. She doesn't want to keep Cody from her kids. It's so obvious what Christine's intentions are and that they are pure and that her priority is her kids and their best interest. And she would love for her kids to have a great relationship with their father. And she's made that crystal clear. So I don't know what the fuck Cody's problem is. Cody wants to project and he wants to say that his wives gaslight him and his kids gaslight him. All Cody does is lie. He lies to himself. He lies on his family. He lies on his sons. He lies on his wives. He lies on his ex-wives. He is really ego-based. He's not very reality-based. But Cody did tell one truth this episode that I agree with. And so I give credit where credit is due. He did tell one truth, and we are going to talk about that really quickly. He told one truth, and it happened this episode, that when you marry somebody, you can't expect them to change. You have to accept them as they are. You can't marry and hope the person becomes what you need. We can all agree that's true. Despite Robin's frustration with Kotex, she stands up for her man this episode. That was interesting. She says he does and says things other people only wish they could do. She's further enabling Cody and spinning the tale for her husband that he far exceeds everybody. He, in fact, has the highest standards. He exceeds everyone. These are standards Only he can reach. Everyone else pales in comparison. They fail. They wish they could be like him. How many fathers wish that they would fail to be there at their daughter's major surgery? How many fathers use their children as a bargaining chip to get what they want financially out of an ex-wife and then lie to their ex-wife pulling laws out of their ass just because it sounds good for them? How many fathers who behave this way would you consider to have high standards that people would aspire to? I got Michael Scott vibes from every scene of that wedding. Cody was in there every scene looking like a fucking buffoon. He really reminds me of Michael Scott with his lack of self-awareness. There were the dancing scenes where Cody is really trying to put on a show He is dying to be that center of attention. He is thirsty for it. And he thinks he is the best dancer in the world and he wants to show it. And Robin, by the way, is the exact same way. Remember how proud she was of that video she played of what she called her breakdancing? And you could tell she was trying to show off really and she was proud of it. And really, it just looked like she was trying to shake a shit loose from her pant leg. I'm not trying to be mean, but it did look like Robin had an accident, (laughs) an unfortunate accident during that video of breakdancing. Cody and Robin really are a match made in heaven. I really want to make a side-by-side comparison of Mr. Footloose and his sidekick, Fancy Free, 
showing off their debaucherous dance moves that they think look good. Cody looked like a spastic monkey with rabies dancing at that wedding, taking up all that space on the dance floor, preening in his sunlight. Look at me, look at me, as I spastically jerk like a buffoon, so I will be seen, so I will be noticed. And did you see how in your face he got with all of the guests during his spastic mania jerking that he called dancing? He was around them, getting in their face, face to face, swinging them around, holding them, touching them during COVID with no mask, not a mask in sight, no social distance, no hand sanitizer, nothing, no masks for Cody, none for the guests. And this man is the man who was too afraid to go to Isabel's major surgery because of COVID. He couldn't suck it up to wear a mask to go be with his daughter, but he could go to this wedding to act like the Walmart version of Michael Scott. There was a scene this episode of Robin pondering philosophically on the bench on Coyote Pass, daydreaming, manifesting, picturing her vision boards of Cody and Christine and her brown-haired boy she dreams of at night. That scene of her lost in thought trying to look like she is thinking, that needs a Photoshop. And also there needs to be a Photoshop of Cody and Robin and their hellish spasms they call dancing. One other thing I noticed is Cody and his projection, suggesting that Christine is gaslighting him or his wives gaslight him or his kid gaslights him. Recently, Robin displayed the perfect example of gaslighting herself when she suggested that the wives just imagine that Cody is away for too long or not doing fair and equal with them just because they are in a negative place with Cody, so they focus on the negative. It's not the actual reality that Cody isn't at all the households for equal time. It's not that he is only at Robin's house. That's not the truth. The truth is Cody does things fairly and the wives just focus on their negative perceptions. This idea that Cody isn't around all the households equally is a lie. This idea that Cody is barely around at all, that's not true. The wives are just focusing on their negative situations with Cody and they're projecting that assuming he's never around when he actually is. What Robin is doing is gaslighting. She's gaslighting the wives, she's gaslighting the viewers to suggest that what we're seeing, Cody actually not being there, Cody actually not being present, Cody actually not giving fair and equal time, that's a lie. What we're seeing with our eyes isn't real. The truth is, Cody is there and we're just not noticing and the wives are just picking up on the negative because they're in a bad place with Cody. It's not true that he's not there. Robin was basically telling the wives their actual reality is not real. Their truth is a lie. Cody does come. They just focus on the times he isn't there because of their bad relationships with Cody. That's gaslighting. Robin also says Cody is at her house more by default because of the choices and the decisions the other wives and kids make. It has nothing to do with Cody making the choice to be absent. It's their fault and their choice that affects Cody not being there. It's never Cody's decision 
to be absent. It's never Cody's choice in Cody's hands. Robin gaslights the women and the kids all the time with her bullshit rather than admit that she is the favorite wife who gets the lion's share of Cody's investment in time. Instead, she reveals that her mom tells her she's the Brown family scapegoat, enabling her spoiled, bratty, bullshit entitlement and victim narrative to continue. She blames the wives and the kids for their decisions that keep Cody away. She blames them for not obeying Cody, for not bending the knee so that he will show up to give them crumbs. Cody says the wives are gaslighting. The only wife who gaslights is Robin, and she gaslights everyone along with Cody at her side because these two are cut from the exact same cloth. They both love to gaslight and they both think they can dance and they think it's showing off and something to be proud of in their delusions. When these two are dancing, they look honestly like they're having spastic fits and I think onlookers wonder like, should I call the ambulance? (laughs) What's going on? Is something wrong here during their so-called dancing? We're going to get into gaslighting more and what the definition of that term is. Cody seems to have a lot of trouble with the English language and with what that term means. So we're going to help him out since he obviously has no understanding of what that concept is and of what that word means. And he would obviously like to project the manipulation and the abusive tactics that he uses onto his wives and kids as something Christine or the other wives or the other kids use on him when it's clearly a lie like everything else this delusional idiot and his goblin spew. I have a lot to say about the comments Gabe made too. Gabe is really so intelligent. He's responsible, he's witty, he's funny, he's handsome, he communicates well, he's entertaining, he's authentic, and Cody should feel very lucky to have such an awesome son. And I hope Gabe knows that there is nothing wrong with him. He's rad. There is absolutely nothing wrong in him. There is nothing in him that prevents his dad from behaving like a father to him. There is nothing in him that makes him unlovable. He's very lovable. His family loves him so much. He seems to have a really rad girlfriend that loves him. He seems really smart. He's charming. His dad is very intimidated by him. I think his dad is jealous of him and his dad can't love unconditionally And I hope that Gabe knows and all of his kids know it has nothing to do with them. There is nothing wrong in them that makes them difficult to love. There is something wrong with their father. It's not them. I think Gabe deserves better. And I really hope he knows that none of how his dad treats him has anything to do with him at all. He's so smart. And I think Cody probably wishes he had that intelligence and emotional intelligence and self-awareness and the communication skills that Gabe has at his age. Because everything Gabe excels at, Cody seems to have a huge deficit in from what I can see. Cody really is the Michael Scott of reality TV. The showboating during the ceremony, the bending down to kneel by the bride and groom at their table, the crazy dancing. Look at me, look at me. It's Michael Scott to a T, except Cody has zero redeeming qualities And Michael had a few. By the way, guys, did you notice that Truly loves ramen? 
And she cut her conversation short with her mom saying she was making ramen and she had to run. And I couldn't help but think, just jokingly, is that Truly's way of signaling support for her dad, the ramen she was cooking? Shout out to Cody, father of the year. Every time I see ramen, I think of Kotex and his hair. I used to love ramen in college. You can really do a lot with it. I can't even look at it now. Anyways, let's get into this episode. The episode opens with Cody in Texas, driving through Texas. He is driving to his buddy's wedding. He is driving all the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma during the pandemic because his buddy Brian is getting married to his sweetheart, Judith. Cody is driving through Texas, enjoying the peace and quiet and solitude. That is like a meditative state for him, he says. When he's driving, he loves that meditative state he gets into. He gets deep in thought, he ponders, and he sorts out most of his problems. And right now, on his mind is his divorce as he's driving. Now, Cody decided to come because... He checked the COVID numbers and there are only like uh, 11,000 cases in the U.S. 11,000 or less, Cody says. So since there are only like uh, 11,000 or less cases, according to Cody, in the entire U.S., it seems like it's safe now for him to poke his head out. Okay, we're going to go over those numbers in a little bit. But so for Isabel's surgery, Cody could not go because of COVID and his protocols. But now, still during COVID, Cody says it's okay for him to poke his head out now to go to this wedding across the country because there's only like 11,000 or less cases in the U.S., So it's safer now, Cody thinks. He wore no mask. He made zero effort to social distance. He danced with people. He touched people. He got his face in other people's faces when dancing. And he says it's fine because now COVID cases are down to 11,000 cases or less, he thinks, in the entire country. So... It was safer now, safe enough for Cody to drop all of his COVID protocols, safe for Cody to travel cross-country with reckless abandon, rules be damned. He couldn't take Isabel to college in August and help her move to North Carolina because, oh, that'll be during the pandemic and who knows if gas stations will be open. But notice, he made it well and fine to this wedding Rules be damned, COVID be damned, Cody is poking his head out. He couldn't make it to Isabel's surgery. He couldn't suck it up and wear a mask to be there regardless. He couldn't suck it up to make it to help Isabel move to North Carolina. He couldn't suck it up and sit out in the cold with Isabel because she chose to do in-person class. He couldn't just grab a fucking sweater and grab some gloves and grab a scarf and grab a space heater or do a fire pit and sit outside with his daughter when she chose in-person class because the cold was too inconvenient for him. But gods be damned if Cody was going to let COVID interfere with his ability to get to this wedding. He was going to be there. 
I wanted to understand why exactly it was that Cody felt safer now. So we are going to look at the COVID numbers. And there is nothing funny about COVID, but I just cannot believe this guy. So I just fucking have to laugh at it because it's ridiculous. So again, Cody said it's fine now because COVID cases are down to 11,000 or less in the entire country. So it's safer now and Cody's going to touch people. He's going to dance with people. He's not going to wear a mask. He's going to make zero effort to social distance. He's not going to follow a single one of his protocols. He is going to get up close and personal with as many people as possible. He is not in fear anymore. He's dropping the protocols because he is safer. He feels safer because in the entire country, cases are down to 11,000 cases. And it's so much safer now. He couldn't make it to Isabel's surgery. He couldn't suck it up and wear a mask to be there. So now we're going to go over the COVID numbers for the entire U.S. in the time of Isabel's surgery and then in the time around the time of this wedding, which would be around the time when Isabel was going to be moving away to North Carolina when he couldn't help her because of the pandemic. And I want to understand, is 11,000 cases or less really an accurate figure? So now we're going to check the COVID case statistics for the entire U.S. in August of 2020. Now, there were 33,329 new cases of COVID in the entire U.S. as of August 30th. This wedding is around August 2021, around the time Isabel is moving. Isabel is moving as of August 30, 2021, there are 160,250 new cases in the U.S. And this is per the New York Times statistics. So there weren't just 11,000 new cases in the U.S. at the time of this wedding. And it wasn't actually safer factually or statistically. But if it suits Cody's ego, then suddenly the COVID risk isn't so great. Cody isn't so paranoid unless it's something that inconveniences him. And it's primarily... If it's for someone else to support them and Cody isn't there as the center of attention to have fun, uh, it becomes an inconvenience to him. If it's not a convenience where he's adored and adulated and easy and he's there just for his enjoyment and adoration, bottom line, and if he doesn't get something major out of it, he isn't there. He wasn't at Isabel's surgery because it wasn't about him. And Isabel's surgery was around August 2020. Again, there were 33,329 cases then. And Isabel was moving around August 30 of 2021. And that's around the time when Cody went to his wedding. And around then, there are 160,250 new cases in the U.S. per the New York Times statistics. So... Around the time of this wedding, there weren't just 11,000 new cases or less in the U.S. So again, I just want to highlight that it wasn't actually safer factually or statistically. But again, because it suits Cody's ego, then suddenly the COVID risk isn't a big problem. Cody isn't so paranoid all of a sudden because it's something convenient for him to go to this wedding. If it's something inconvenient for him and someone else is 
primarily the center of attention or he has to make an effort to support someone else and he isn't the center of attention and it's not fun and convenient and there isn't enjoyment and it's not for his bottom line and he's not getting a lot out of it, then he isn't going to be there. And that's why he wasn't at Isabel's surgery because it wasn't about him. It would be for Isabel. It would be for his daughter. It would be him being there to support her, to protect her, to help her and to motivate her, to give her the emotional and mental strength to push through the pain. Cody couldn't tell Isabel he loved her and he knew she could do this sitting by her bed every day as she reached her milestones in recovery in the hospital, pushing her through lovingly, praising her through it. Cody couldn't be there as a father and he said it was because of COVID, but he can be at the wedding. He lied and he said there were only 11,000 cases or less in the U.S., so now it's safer. When Isabel had her surgery again, In August 2020, around that time, there were 33,329 new cases in the U.S. And when Isabel was supposed to move in August 2021, and she moved, I believe, a little bit before Cody's wedding, it was around the time Cody had to officiate the wedding, there were 160,250 new cases in the entire U.S., not 11,000 cases. But Cody, it seems, just pulled a number out of his ass to justify his bullshit. How is it there are 160, 250,000 new cases in the entire U.S. and Cody could go to that wedding and Michael Scott all over the place, dancing, sweating, touching hands, getting close, up in people's faces to show off those bald spots, I mean dance moves, and he had no mask on. The people around him weren't in masks mostly, and the vaccine doesn't mean you're immune. And Cody could go to that wedding and be in the spotlight to serve his ego, but he couldn't go to Isabel's surgery. He couldn't go to her surgery, and he couldn't help her move to North Carolina, citing COVID. And it's such fucking bullshit. It's so unfair to all of Cody's kids that he behaves this way. And it just shows that for all this talk of high expectations and standards and high morals and high ethics, only he can manage to reach the standards bar, not only for fatherhood or being a good husband, but for human decency itself is on the ground, in the mud, in the muck and the mire, in the bacteria infested runoff of the pond in that glorified drainage ditch of the prairie dog playlands. No one with any kind of standards, no one with a shred of self-awareness or morality would ever choose a friend's wedding and officiating a friend's wedding over attending to his children and their needs. He could go to a wedding and drive across the country, but not to his daughter's surgery. And he couldn't help her move. It seems to me that 11,000 cases that Cody claimed made it safer. That bullshit fairy tale excuse came from the same spot in his colon as the bullshit about the laws regarding custody with the absurd diarrhea that truly would be property of the state in the custody of the state if he and Christine don't have a custody agreement. Such utter bullshit. Fecal impaction. It's particularly interesting, not just because it's blatantly a lie, 
but it's also insulting to Christine's intelligence and to viewers as well. And it's insulting to Truly too. Cody thinks that he is so smart, smarter than everyone around him. Everyone around him is just a less intelligent imbecile and he treats everyone as if he thinks everyone assumes he is the smartest guy in the room when everyone knows all Cody is, is bullshit. He is full of it, full of it, so full of it that the plumber has to come clean out the pipes at Goblin's Mansion every month. That plumber is on retainer there and Cody can't fix it. He can't harm his tender hands. He cradles them in those gloves he wears every episode with that stupid soccer mom Karen sun visor to match. Cody thinks everyone thinks he is as smart as he thinks he is when everyone sees Cody for who he is. And when he insulted Christine with that bullshit about the custody laws, the look on her face was like she pitied him for being so stupid. She has so much patience and such diplomacy and such elegance and grace. I admire it and I admire her. She kept her composure knowing the cameras were rolling and she knows she doesn't need to do or say much. Cody's whole being and all of his behavior speaks for itself when he just opens his mouth and it all just tumbles out. Each display more buffoonish than the last. How stupid does Cody think Christine is? How stupid does Cody think viewers are? How could he have such a great time hijacking his friend's wedding, dancing, showboating like a dick face, knowing how much it hurts his kids, specifically Isabel, that COVID prevented him from her major surgery, yet COVID did not prevent Cody from officiating a wedding. It makes Isabel probably question even more why she is worth so little to her dad, why she matters so little to her dad that he could break his COVID protocols to go to officiate a wedding maskless, by the way, but he couldn't make it to her major surgery. And he says it's because the wedding only took four days of his time. I call bullshit on that. Cody says he can't be away from his family for that long. He can't be away from his home for that more than that long. He can't be away from his kids, his work. But let's remember that Cody was able to spend 13 days on a honeymoon with Robin. 13 days of 24-7 consecutive uninterrupted time. Yet he could not fly to make it to spend even just a day with his daughter, during her surgery. He could have, he just didn't want to because it wasn't fun and convenient. It wasn't about him. Cody can only do things if they are about him directly, if they serve him, if it's fun and convenient for him. If not, if Cody has to be there for another person, if it's about them and not him, he just can't find the time. He just can't find the fortitude to make the effort and suck it up. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care about Isabel or Gabe or any of the kids on his shit list who don't bend the knee and walk on eggshells to stroke his ego and enable his delusional arrogance. Cody doesn't care about the Colwells he officiated for either. These are supposedly his good friends and his friend entrusted him with this and honored him by asking Cody to officiate. And Cody didn't value his friend enough and the honor of officiating his wedding 
to come up with something well-executed and meaningful and planned. Instead, he decided to just throw it all together and wing it. He allowed his resentment towards marriage in. As he swims in the sea of his failures, stewing in that regret, Cody brought up that hesitation to his friend right before he was to marry. And that reminds me of a Michael Scott move. I thought it was super disrespectful for Cody just to throw the ceremony together like that as if it's an afterthought. Cody made it all about him and I'll delve into it more in a bit, but it was very much about Cody enjoying the attention and loving the limelight and how could he dance around and enjoy that limelight knowing how sad and disheartened Isabel was and how sad the rest of the kids were knowing Cody couldn't make it for them and their milestones and their major life events, but he could make it to this wedding to officiate COVID be damned. Shame on Cody. I guess it's all about standards and some people have them and some people don't. And from my experience, the ones who like to talk about their high standards and make a show of it are the ones with the standards buried in the prairie dog plague dirt. In confessional, Janelle says the travel choice Cody made is interesting to her and she realizes it's important, but Cody and Robin follow the strict COVID rules and yet here is Cody traveling and she throws her hands up in bewilderment. Cody says he feels it's time to emerge from all of this quarantining and sequestering they have had with COVID. Cody says in confessional that it's strange that Janelle is in this headspace because he sequestered and stayed home for over 15 months and Janelle and Christine didn't. But he says the family wasn't getting together before that and the family isn't getting together now, not because of COVID. Cody says... That's a gaslighting fallacy. That's Janelle trying to put hot coals on his head. Cody says they aren't getting together because the family doesn't want to. He says just last week, he and Janelle went to Janelle's niece's wedding. Cody says these little things about him that Janelle says just aren't jiving. He says he's traveled a lot with Janelle. So when Cody says it's a gaslighting fallacy, Cody is projecting. Obviously, Cody himself uses manipulation tactics and he gaslights the fuck out of his wives and kids constantly. And Robin does it as well as his trusty sidekick, particularly to the wives to combat what they say about Cody's behavior as a father and a husband. As the obedient wife, Robin helps Cody to spin the narrative and toe the line. Cody is accusing Janelle of gaslighting. He accuses his wives and kids of gaslighting. Later on, he's going to accuse Gabe of it. He must have learned a new word that day. And he is accusing his wives and kids of doing what he does to them constantly, always projecting his bad behavior onto them. Janelle isn't gaslighting Cody, obviously. Cody is trying to deflect. The real issue is everyone is pissed understandably regarding Cody's ability to break his COVID protocols for nonsense. And he finally decides to break the protocols for self-serving bullshit and not for something important like, for example, going to his daughter's major surgery. 
He used COVID as an excuse not to be there, yet he can be at this wedding to officiate it. I'm sure Janelle and the whole family understandably astounded and pissed regarding Cody's miraculous ability to break his COVID protocols. And he uses these protocols, obviously, as a reason not to see his family and be present as a husband and a father. And these protocols he can so easily break just to go to a wedding, which selfishly serves his own ego, but he couldn't make it to Isabel's surgery. He was not able to break his protocols for something that should have been an obvious given to attend as a father. It's a no-brainer that Cody would go as a father to attend, to be there as a husband and as a father to Christine and to Isabel. He would be there as a given to attend Isabel's surgery, yet he couldn't be there because of COVID protocols, but he could make it to this wedding. People are not gaslighting Cody. Janelle is not gaslighting Cody. Gabe is not gaslighting Cody. But Cody gaslights everyone around him and then he whines that he is a victim and everyone is against him and everyone is gaslighting him. Boo-hoo. Go take a fucking mitol. Let's quickly go over what gaslighting means since Cody clearly needs help with the English language. Gaslighting is a specific type of manipulation where the manipulator is trying to get someone else or a group of people to question their own reality, memory, or perceptions. It's a manipulation where one person makes you question your reality and your sanity. It's a form of psychological manipulation in which the abuser attempts to sow self-doubt and confusion in their victim's mind. Typically, gaslighters are seeking to gain power and control over the other person by distorting reality and forcing them to question their own judgment and intuition. A great example of this is when Robin explains that the wives don't get unfair time and investment from Cody. They just perceive it that way and they hold on to the bad just because they struggle with him. She's expressing to viewers that it's not that Robin gets more time than the other wives or that they don't get fair and equal time from their husband. It's that they just perceive it that way because they have bad relationships with Cody. So what they experience and the truth that Cody is barely there at their homes, Robin is telling them and viewers that that is a lie, that they just feel like that because they aren't in a good place with Cody and it's not true that the reality they experience is not true. They are foolish. They are misperceiving that Cody isn't there. They are demonizing Cody. It's not the truth that Cody, in fact, is not doing things fairly and equally in all the households, that he's not being invested as a father and a husband. Now, when Cody says Janelle is gaslighting him, Now, he's saying pouring hot coals over him. Obviously, that's a lie, and that's very dramatic, of course. Janelle made the valid point. She said, Cody and Robin follow the COVID protocol strictly, and we know those protocols have been used as Cody's reason for not showing up for his family. And we know it's no reason at all, of course, and that no reason at all would ever justify his not showing up and being present and invested in each of his homes, COVID or not. And we know it's Cody's choice. Cody is making the choice not to be there. And Cody is making the decision not to be there. 
and Cody is choosing to be absent as an abusive punishment. And we know that when Cody blames his wives and kids' refusal to obey his protocols, that they aren't being lax and irresponsible about COVID, like Cody says. They're following CDC guidelines within reason. And we also know that their choice to refuse to be controlled by Cody's rules has no bearing on Cody's ability to make it over to be present as a husband and a father, to do things fairly and equally in each household. Cody can always show up regardless of if the wives follow his rules or the CDC rules or not. Cody is choosing not to be there, and the choice to be absent has nothing to do with how his wives and kids choose to handle COVID. It's Cody's choice to be absent ultimately. He actively chooses absence, and he can't blame his family and make bullshit excuses for that. But Janelle was just pointing out how interesting it was that Cody would break his protocols and travel across the country, a thing he has relentlessly shamed his wives and kids for during this pandemic. And he's not breaking protocols and traveling to be with his family or to attend Isabel's surgery. He's not doing it for something important, but just for a social event to live in the limelight and boost his ego, officiating a wedding. Cody wasn't there to officiate the wedding. He didn't give a fuck. He fucked around and threw together some stupid bullshit at the last minute. That's how much Cody cared about his friends. That's how much respect he gave it. He gave it the good old college try. And if he really felt honored by being there and officiating it was so important, he wouldn't have winged the ceremony. It would have meant something more to him. And he would have gave officiating the respect and effort that it deserves. Instead, Cody winged it, and Cody's reason for being there wasn't his friends. It wasn't officiating. It wasn't the wedding. It wasn't the honor. Cody was there for Cody. Cody needed attention. He wanted the limelight, and he savored every last drop, knowing how much it hurt his daughter and his family that he could make it to his friend's ego feast. Oops. I mean wedding, but he could not make it to Isabel's major surgery as the protector of the kids and the fearless leader, the family patriarch. He could not be there when his daughter had a lung deflated and moved to the side and screws embedded in her spine. His daughter felt that pain, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally of having to cope with the fact that her dad didn't prioritize her enough to definitely be at her surgery, which should be a given for every parent with a child having a major surgery. There was nothing stopping Cody at all from being there. If Cody wanted to be there, he would have been there. And the idea that he was willing to put his daughter in more pain and through more tribulation and through more suffering on top of recovering from a major surgery where she had screws embedded in her spine, that just makes me sick. And he could easily have been there. The only reason he wasn't there is it's not convenient for him, basically. And he couldn't override his having to sacrifice and be inconvenienced in order to be there for his daughter. And he was okay to sleep at night knowing she went through extra suffering and extra emotional duress because he couldn't be there with her like every child deserves. Every other child in there probably had their father there if their father was living and breathing, and their mother there if their mother was living and breathing. 
why the fuck wasn't Cody there? This was a major surgery. His absence, now his daughter had to feel that pain a second time. Finally, her dad, Cody, broke his protocols. And not for her, not for the family, not to take her to North Carolina, not for anything to show his family he prioritizes them, but instead to show everyone he prioritizes himself. Cody broke his protocols instead for him. All for Cody. It's the Cody show. Because Cody prioritizes himself alone. And he expects everyone to want to bend over backwards to prioritize him. He doesn't even respect his friends. The best he could do was throwing the show together last minute because he wasn't there to officiate. He was there for the adulation his ego would receive and he loved it. He was hungry, ravenous, with the effect of Christine leaving. That ego needed to eat. That peacock needed to strut. Janelle wasn't gaslighting Cody. Cody wants to say that Janelle is painting a picture that isn't reality, that the family isn't getting together uh, because of his COVID rules. The COVID rules have nothing to do with the family together. They weren't getting together before COVID, so he's not to blame. It's not his rules. But Cody knows damn well that it's his behavior and his domineering and his rules, and he knows Janelle isn't gaslighting him. He knows she has valid points. He knows he gaslights and he tries to mitigate the damage of the reality of the consequences of his behavior. And Robin enables him to gaslight, spinning the narrative, trying to sow doubt about the things his wives and kids say, trying to make viewers question what they say. But Cody can't gaslight the viewers or his kids or his wives. And Cody certainly isn't being gaslit by Janelle. That is such bullshit. That's projection. And Cody knows she isn't doing that. Janelle is presenting the truth and Cody wants to make it seem as though Janelle and all of his wives and kids distort the truth when they're just bringing facts and receipts. Cody, whenever presented with truth, whenever he is presented with facts and with reality, He always says it's a lie, it's an exaggeration, it's twisted. But Cody spends all of his time with his goblin, working at a feeble attempt to spin and twist the narrative, trying to counteract the truth, accusing everything that isn't the hero narrative of being a twisted lie. Cody is gaslighting everyone, saying the family isn't getting together. Not because of his behavior surrounding COVID and his COVID protocols, but because the family doesn't want to get together. That's not the truth. Cody refuses to get together with anyone who refuses to fully submit to his dictates and to his protocols. If Cody can't dictate how to live and impose his will in a home, he will not be there, period. It's not that they aren't getting together because the family doesn't want to get together. It's because Cody has decided Bend the knee and I will be there or refuse to blindly obey and I will be absent. The choice, however, is on Cody to show up and whether or not the whole family follows his protocols or not, it's still Cody's choice to show up, protocols or not. He can visit outside. He can socially distance. He can wear a mask. He can call. He can maybe go hiking with his family in the outdoors. 
There are many ways to still get together. Cody is the one who makes the choice not to be there. And he uses his COVID protocols as the excuse or justification when it's not. Cody is the reason no one is getting together. And Cody wants to deflect and blame the protocols and COVID and the family not wanting to get together. But Cody is the one making the active choice to be absent regardless of anything. Rain, hail, sleet, snow, typhoon, hurricane, tsunami. I don't give a fuck. If Cody wants to be there with his family, he can be there. This is all on Cody and Cody knows it. No one's gaslighting Cody. Cody tries to gaslight everyone. He's just projecting and on we go. Cody is driving along on his road trip. He's excited about this trip to the wedding. He's sad. He is making the trip alone and he misses the idea of having a wife with him. Robin was supposed to come and she didn't because they had to make sure that the kids were taken care of. Did they have to make sure the kids are taken care of with the nanny and all? And the three adult kids at home? Or did Robin maybe just not want to be alone in Cody's company, perhaps, because he's such a curmudgeon these days? Cody really wants to show off here. He mentions, did I say I'm going to be performing their wedding? And it really reminded me of Michael Scott when he gets excited about something and he wants to mention it and really showboat. He is so happy mentioning that he's going to be performing their wedding And he says he got a ministerial license in Oklahoma and he got approval from the county. And so he will perform his friend's marriage. Christine says Cody told her that he was going to be officiating the wedding. And she says Cody will do a wonderful job. He's done it before. But she wondered, what about COVID? Will Cody mask up while officiating? Or will the bride and groom have to follow Cody's rules? Christine says to herself, no, that's ridiculous. They're not going to have to follow Cody's rules. Cody hasn't made any plan for what he's going to say yet. And he's on the way there. So Cody made the effort to get ordained and to get licensed. He took this road trip. He is driving down. This is important enough for him to break his COVID protocols even though Isabel's major surgery wasn't important enough for Cody to drive or fly to be there as the leader of the family and the protector of the children, his friends have honored Cody by asking him to officiate, and Cody values them so little that he is bragging that he still hasn't come up with the ceremony and the vows yet. He doesn't know what he will say or what he will do to officiate the ceremony. He will just wing it. That's how honored he feels. That's how much respect Cody has for his friends. Because this isn't about his friends or their marriage or their wedding ceremony. This is about Cody getting to be the center of attention. It's about Cody. Cody, Cody, Cody. He says he will try to do something eloquent. We'll see. Robin hopes that maybe Cody will do some healing up. She hopes maybe Cody will find some answers or something. Because Cody has been a very angry guy lately, as Robin does her typical downturned frown whenever she's displeased. Christine says, telling truly that she was leaving Cody and that they were moving, that will always be one of the top 10 worst experiences of her life. 
They flash back to Christine explaining what happened when she had to tell Truly that they were moving and she was divorcing Cody. She recounts how heartbroken Truly was after Christine told her the news that they were moving. Christine began to then box up stuff visibly, and later that day, Truly was boxing up her stuff in her room. Christine never asked Truly to pack her stuff. She never told her it was time, but Truly did it herself, and now Christine really wants to know what's going on in Truly's mind. So they sit down to talk. Christine tells Truly, it seems like she is feeling different about the divorce and moving and she wants to know how Truly feels. The first day when Truly found out, she was really upset, but she says she's fine now. She just had to realize for a day that not everything is going to change and she has to move from Flagstaff. Christine and Cody got divorced and they were divorced for a while. And she says all that would change is Cody and Christine would not be together. And Truly kind of noticed the signs that they weren't happy, that Christine wasn't as happy, and she didn't show it that much, so Truly didn't know. It was a heartbreak at first for Truly, but she says that she's fine now. Christine says that even though Truly is saying that she's okay, she's just an 11-year-old kid, and Christine knows that Truly isn't 100% okay. Christine says Truly can't process it all, all of the heartache and the frustration and the anger and the sadness. Christine knows it's going to take time and she looks at this conversation as just the beginning. Christine suggested to Truly that she could reach out to people like Grandma and Aspen and McKelty when she told her mom that she was devastated by the news. So Truly reached out to Aspen and to her grandma. And when Truly talked to Aspen and her grandma about the divorce, it was more of her trying to tell them because she didn't know what else to do. But they said reassuring things because they already knew about it. But Truly says the realization that everyone knew before her kind of felt like a betrayal. Christine asks if it was easier knowing that her parents were already divorced rather than that they would be getting divorced. She asks if it was easier because it's already been done. Truly says yeah, but she kind of wishes that Christine didn't keep it a secret from her for so long and that she had to find out they were moving only three months before they had to move. Truly wishes she knew sooner. Truly explains that they all knew before her and she didn't find out that they were moving in September, which is only a few months away. That realization that Christine told her last after everybody else that Truly did not get to know about it and they were about to leave, it was kind of hurtful and it felt like a betrayal that her mom didn't bother to tell her about it sooner when she was the one who would be most affected by it. Christine asks Truly if she is okay with the divorce now and Truly says she's fine now, she's okay. And Christine tells her, okay, okay is fine. And she says part of this is truly listening to what everyone has told her in supporting her. And Christine thinks truly is just trying to be okay, but her voice catches a little and there is a spark missing from her eyes. She is still sad. Christine tells truly that telling her was the hardest part of all of this. 
and truly can see why she says she's the youngest and it would be the hardest break for her. But truly tells her it wasn't that hard. And Christine is grateful that she decided to end it with Cody before any fighting or before any real arguments that Truly would have noticed or seen. But it's still hard for Truly to look back and see that her mom was sad because it's hard and Truly's just a kid and that's a lot of the burden on her. And Christine doesn't want that. Christine handled this so well as a parent. I think she did amazing She communicated. She's very open with Truly. She's able to discuss her feelings. She's able to listen to Truly when Truly expresses her feelings and understand. I think the way that they communicate is great. And I think Truly is a very smart girl. Christine is really very sensitive to the needs of her kids. And I really admire that. In confessional, Cody says, he doesn't want to say anything bad here because he and Christine are going to share their children for the rest of their lives, but he does believe that Christine is being very unfair with him and to him, especially in this conversation with Truly, where she has marginalized him so much and their marriage so much that Christine is leading Truly into blowing it off. They are blowing him off, he says. Christine tells Truly she didn't know how to tell her. She had no idea how to tell her, and that's why it took her so long to tell Truly. And then Truly found out anyways. Christine explains that she just didn't know what to say. Christine knew that it would change Truly's world. Truly tells Christine that everything is fine, everything's okay, and she's trying to be really, really, really reassuring. I think it's very heartwarming how reassuring Truly is with her mom and how reassuring Christine is with Truly as well. Cody explains that Christine told him about whatever happened and that she had to tell Truly since Truly overheard. So Cody came over the next day and he sat down with Truly to talk with her and he asked her how she is doing and he says Truly seems to have dealt with it very well or she buried it emotionally because to deal with it would be hard but Cody says Truly seemed very okay. Cody mentions he knows he isn't a psychologist. He is just a shit parent, very cynically. Oh, Cody's right about that. He is a shit parent, that's for sure. Truly explains that she hasn't talked to her dad a lot about the divorce. He just basically told Truly, you found out about the divorce? And Truly then told Cody that she was fine with it. And he said, okay. And Truly says it never went beyond that. Cody says he was sitting here with Truly, glad that she isn't brokenhearted about the divorce. And he was shocked in a way, in spite of how much she loves this house, that she was not more devastated by the divorce than by moving. Cody wishes he could get them to stay And he doesn't understand really why Christine needs to move. Although he admits Christine may have told him 10 times. He just doesn't get it. Christine explains to Truly that they will be back from taking Isabel to North Carolina in a couple of weeks. And when they get back, Gwen is moving a few days after that. So Truly can have the master bedroom here in Flagstaff until they move out if she wants it. 
but truly doesn't want to move her bedroom. She's fine with not having the master, and she lets her mom know she is making ramen, so she has to go. She lets her mom know that ramen is cooking. Was that ramen a sign of support to Cody, the ramen-haired king of the prairie dog Playlands? Christine feels now she has to get truly excited about the move. Christine is really looking forward to starting to make plans and shifting to getting excited about moving. It's a bittersweet relief for Christine, but it's a relief. I thought Truly handled this so well. She is so smart. She is so articulate. And Christine handled this with grace and patience and understanding and love. And she communicated well. And she understood Truly's emotions. I thought this was so great. Christine knows how hard this is for Truly. And she is patient and understanding. She's open. She communicates with her daughter. And she allows Truly to process her feelings and to communicate with where she's at. And I love how she gave Truly options for support in the family if she wanted to talk with anyone other than her about her feelings. Truly was honest that she felt betrayed. I would have felt betrayed too to be the last to find out knowing I would be the one most affected in Truly's shoes. But I also don't blame Christine. She wanted to tell Truly much sooner. And Cody is the one who prevented that and wanted to wait, making this more difficult. If they hadn't prolonged telling Truly just for Cody's sake, then maybe Truly would not have felt so betrayed. If Cody hadn't insisted on prolonging telling Truly just to be difficult intentionally, maybe Truly would have not found out by mistake as a surprise as well. Christine handled this so well. Truly handled this so well as well. And Christine seems very aware of the types of emotions Truly will feel. And she seems willing and able to support Truly through processing all of her emotions and through understanding them. And she is an amazing mom with the way she handled this divorce and the move and communicating with her kids. I think she did it with so much care and nurturing. And I really appreciated how Christine explained to Truly that she waited to tell her not to betray her or with intention, but because she just didn't know how to do it or when was best and she wanted to do it right and she knew it was going to rock Truly's world. I think Truly gets it wasn't an intentional betrayal from her mom. I think she knows her mom really wanted to do this in the right way. She tried hard to do this in the right way. It was daunting, so she waited. And Cody also didn't make it easier. Christine was ready to tell Truly sooner and she wanted to do it with Cody in a co-parenting style and because Cody wanted to wait and prolong things and because he wanted to use Truly as a bargaining chip to his benefit in the divorce, he wanted to draw things out and it only hurt Truly. In my opinion, the only one who didn't handle the situation well is Kotex. He seemed to barely gloss over the divorce with Truly, according to her account. She may have wanted to talk more with her dad, but she probably knows he is incapable of understanding her emotions and her feelings. So she probably gives him an easy out, saying she's fine with it. She's a smart kid. She knows Cody doesn't understand emotions, probably, and she knows the conversation would go nowhere if she really dived deep with her dad. Cody did the bare minimum. He did less than that. He asked Truly if she knew about it. 
She said she was fine with it. And he said, okay. And that was that. And in Cody's delusional mind, he assumed truly took it well. And she was just miraculously good with the divorce. And he did that because that's easier for him. It's the most convenient option to just assume Truly's fine and ignore it like he does everything else. That's what it seems like he did for the 25 years of his marriage to Christine. Anytime there was a problem, it seems to me he ignored it and hoped it would go away and he wasn't willing to work at it. And maybe that's why now his marriage didn't work out. Maybe that's why now his relationships with his kids don't work out. Because anything that's not easy for Cody, anything that's a problem, anything that's an inconvenience, Cody would prefer to ignore. He wants to bury his head in the sand, stick his fingers in his ears, and look the other way and imagine it's not there. Then he doesn't have to deal with it. That's why all of his relationships end in burned bridges, perhaps. Cody makes the ridiculous, ludicrous statement that Christine marginalized him. Christine didn't marginalize Cody in this. If Cody had been willing to tell Truly sooner, they would have been able to sit her down together sooner in order to discuss it and Truly would not have had to find out as a complete shock. Christine wanted to involve Cody. She talked to him about when and how they would tell Truly. She warned Cody Truly was smart. She would find out soon. Everyone already knows. And Cody insisted he wasn't ready to even discuss telling truly. She waited just to do things in a way where Cody can take his precious time to adjust. She allowed Cody to adjust on his own time and she brought telling truly up and Cody insisted not yet. He wasn't marginalized. He was involved in every step of the way. He was included beyond what most divorced and separated wives would do to include him and factor him in. Christine even moved slower than she would have liked to accommodate his pace and his feelings adjusting to this divorce. All Cody could say was that he was shocked that Truly was more upset about the move than the divorce and that he knows that Truly loves the house, but basically he was butthurt that Truly was not more tore up emotionally about the divorce and that the move upset her more than her mom and dad divorcing. It seems to me that Cody wanted more emotions towards him from Truly about no longer being married to her mom. It seemed to irk Cody that Truly was more upset about the move. Cody suggests that Truly is just blowing him off and blowing off the divorce and her emotions because of it. Cody seems to want Truly to be more pissed that her parents are divorcing, and he thinks the lack of emotion is truly blowing him off or having no emotions towards losing him, and that Christine encourages that nonchalance and that dismissiveness, when in fact, Truly obviously does care. And when Cody sat to talk to Truly and Truly said she was fine with it, Cody just said okay, and he didn't talk to her more about the subject, and he seemed pissed the move was more emotional for her than the divorce. He didn't seem concerned really with Truly's feelings. He didn't investigate more or reassure Truly. She said she was fine, probably knowing her dad can't have an open emotional conversation with her. So she made it easy and he allowed himself off the hook. Notice how he suspects that there may be buried emotions emotions that are hard to deal with. 
If Cody knows that there is more there, why isn't he being a good father and connecting with Truly and communicating with her and addressing those emotions with her like a supportive parent? Instead, he is taking the easy out, not discussing it and observing how the move upsets her more than the divorce and that perturbs him. He wanted to see Truly pound her fists and shout at the sky that her parents were divorcing. And when he didn't get that, he pulled away. He doesn't give a fuck. He knows there are deeper emotions there. He knows there is hurt there. Why did he let himself off the hook being emotionally lazy, doing less than even the bare minimum and only what is convenient for him? Why didn't he take the chance to get real and talk to his daughter like a father should? Cody seems more focused on the fact that his ego didn't get the response it hoped for. The tears, the cries about the divorce. He seemed disappointed that his kid wasn't more upset. And he seemed perturbed that she showed more emotion over moving than the divorce. And he suspects there is more emotion there that it would hurt her to confront it. So why doesn't he communicate with her and explore those emotions with her? It's not Truly's job to cultivate a relationship with Cody. It's not her job to connect with him. It's not Christine's job to facilitate that bond. It's Cody's job to connect and be present with his daughter. It's Cody's job to draw out those emotions and to communicate and to discuss things with her. And instead, he just leaves it barely brushing the surface, wanting to avoid a shred of effort or inconvenience even when it comes to his kid, even when it comes to Truly. Imagine if Cody communicated with Truly with just one-fourth of the compassion and emotional intelligence that Christine has, what would have happened during that conversation? I think Truly knows that her dad phones it in. She seems to know her dad isn't capable, and Christine seems very aware of Truly's feelings. Cody suspects that there are feelings there, but his overriding concern seems to be his ego. His ego seems to have taken offense because Truly showed more emotion over the move than the divorce. That's what Cody twigged onto. And now Cody feels like Truly loves the house more than him. That's the thing Cody got caught up in that truly has more emotion over leaving this house than leaving him. What a sad, pathetic little man. Cody is in Tulsa and he still hasn't written the wedding vows. He is struggling to not go blank. Cody is in a panic because as he was driving here, he knew he would have time to think about the wedding and wedded bliss and the beauty of marriage So Cody knew he would be able to come up with some great stuff, but he didn't. He made that whole trip stewing about his own marriage falling apart. Cody is still in this bad place about it. Cody says Brian and Judith haven't given him much to work with. Cody is lost on what he should say and do for them. It's been years since Cody has preached from the pulpit. They asked him to do something and now... He is drawing a blank. Janelle mentions how when they moved from Utah to Vegas, they were forced to hold church in their homes. They flash back to a 2013 church service in Vegas in one of the homes. 
Cody preaches how they talk about how they are all apart and not in the same homes. And the moms have all talked about how they have struggled to maintain their family culture. Janelle says, Cody was asked to officiate for Maddie and Caleb, and she knows Cody really liked that, and it was a very special experience for him. Janelle isn't really sure where Cody is spiritually, but he enjoys this role of officiating at a wedding. Cody is at a loss. He is drawing a blank right now. He is praying for inspiration, trying to make this work. Christine thinks that it's interesting. She is sure that Cody has told Brian that she is leaving him. So she asks how interesting that Cody is officiating a wedding as his own marriage has failed. Christine says Cody's marriage with Mary isn't great. His marriage to Christine obviously is over and she doesn't know how his and Janelle's marriage is, but she knows it's been rocky. She says maybe it will help Cody give great wedding advice she doesn't know. Christine has a great point that basically two of his marriages are almost dead. Her marriage to Cody is dead and the only one working is Robin's, yet he is going to go officiate a wedding and join two souls in marriage. While her marriage is over with Cody, Cody is basically acquaintances with Mary. Janelle is very rocky. The only relationship he seems to have an okay or good standing with is with Robin, and she seems increasingly frustrated with him. Yet Cody is going to officiate this wedding. The irony isn't lost on anyone. Cody is getting nervous. He says it's not like him to be nervous when he has to perform. He then contradicts himself, and he says maybe sometimes he gets nervous. He doesn't know, but he has got to write something down because he has to make it concise and get to the point because they don't want the ceremony to be long. Cody is now headed to the ranch. He is just two-thirds prepared. He is all nerves. So Cody says he drove here. He asked Brian what he wants. Brian doesn't know. And on the drive down, Cody was decrying marriage and the foolishness of it. And now he has to write these vows. Cody says if he stutters through this thing and if he does the worst job ever, he is only partially to blame. He is 100% officiating the wedding by himself. So if officiating the wedding goes badly or poorly, he's 100% to blame for that, not just partially to blame because he feels better about it that way. He's already making justifications should he fail to justify his failure in this. Brian hands over his marriage license to Cody, and we learn that Brian met Cody about 26 years ago at a sporting event. Cody introduced Janelle and Logan to Brian, and a month later at another event, Cody's wife shows up, and it's a different wife. He introduced Christine to Brian, and then a few months later, Brian met Cody's wife, Mary, and Brian thought it was odd that this guy changes wives as much as you change your shirt. Something was up. So he told Cody that Cody introduced him to three different women as his wife. And so Cody told him he had three wives. Brian felt as long as he doesn't have to have three wives, he is good with it. Brian says the only thing more stressful than getting married is getting married four times. 
Cody says the day he married Janelle, she was his first plural wife. And he was asked how he felt, and he felt as nervous as a three-legged cat on a hot tin roof. Cody says he's about to officiate Brian's marriage, and there is something gnawing on him, and he wonders if he is supposed to stop Brian from doing this. Jokingly, Janelle says Cody was questioning whether he was the best guy to talk at a wedding when he was struggling so much in his relationships. Janelle says Cody would bring it up often with her in conversation because he feels like it's a failure that this marriage is falling apart. Robin knows that Cody has been in a dark place. He was like, maybe Brian is just making a mistake, getting married. And Robin was like, what? Frustratedly. Cody asked Brian if he was sure about this right before the wedding. Brian looked at Cody sideways and he told him, Cody, this is about to happen. And Cody asked Brian if he was sure he was supposed to marry her. And Brian told him he was sure it's okay. Cody says he can't believe he asked him. And he's laughing maniacally in confessional about his ridiculous behavior and hesitance. But can you imagine being someone's so-called best friend on their wedding day and because of your own failed marriage, then putting pressure and doubt on your friend, asking if they are sure they want to get married at the altar, basically, right before the actual wedding. Rather than just being happy for your friend and supporting them through it, friends are supposed to be support systems and voices of reason. And instead, Cody selfishly hijacked that day, and he hijacked those last moments of Brian as a free man to instill doubt about him taking the plunge into marriage rather than Cody supporting his friend and encouraging him. That's very shitty to do. Just because Cody has his own issues with marriage, he wants to project them onto Brian as well right before he ties the knot. Cody made it about him and he was projecting his own feelings about his failed marriages onto Brian rather than just being there as his friend and support system to encourage him and officiate the marriage. Cody is now about to officiate the marriage and he doesn't know what to say. He hasn't put it together yet and his thoughts so far about marriage ironically have been mixed. And it's crazy that he is here performing this wedding, he says. Basically, a wedding is a beginning and it's supposed to be a poetic invocation. And in his own view, his invitation is to have a couple that is in love bring God into their relationship so that their relationship is stable and eternal. And Cody is hoping he can pull this off. Wow, what an ego. Cody is going to be the one to bring God into Brian and Judith's relationship because he is the officiant. God isn't already there. Cody is bringing God there to them. Cody welcomes everyone and he tells the audience that he and Brian have known each other for about 25 years because everyone wants to hear the officiant's biography at a wedding ceremony. They have been dear friends for over 10 to 15 years because people came to this wedding to see Cody and to hear about him. 
It's not about the couple getting married. It's about Cody. Brian says Cody is very nervous about doing the wedding. He has always had issues in his marriage where there are times where there are problems, but he doesn't think Cody saw the marriage with Christine coming to an end. Brian says, thinking about someone telling you they're leaving, that gave Cody concerns for his family and his kids and how things would work out and how they would deal with this. Cody announces during the ceremony that he gets very creative. And if Brian and Judith had heard him do a sermon, they would not have asked him to do this. He then says, since he gets creative, he knows he can pull it off. He is shocked that they want him to do this. He says he is used to this. He is used to being a minister. He is the high priest of his own family, but he is also a failed priest. He has been defrocked. He jokes he has a wife leaving him. Cody says marriage is a contract, a bargain. If you include God, it becomes a covenant. As God is constant, humans are imperfect. We aren't constant. So let's start, he says, with this. You can't change each other. Cody says in confessional, when you marry somebody, you can't ask them to change. You can't push them to change. You can't need them to change. You have to accept them as who they are. He says too many times people marry with a hope that this marriage, this person becomes what you need in it. Cody is right about this. You have to accept the person you marry as they are without expecting, needing, or pushing for change. People aren't going to change. You can't marry someone in the hopes that they will be different if what they are as they are isn't enough as is. That's one of the first and only true things Cody has said that I agree with that is 100% true. I don't agree that marriage is a bargain or a contract. It's not a negotiation. It's not a business deal. It's a union. Cody says back at the ceremony that success in a marriage is not about love. It's about communication, understanding, and agreement. You must willingly negotiate. And negotiation isn't about compromise. It's about understanding the values of your partner and seeking a win-win settlement in a situation where you're both winning. Cody says a couple gets married and they have different goals even after they are married. So each person has to help the other get their goals. Cody proceeds with the vows he wrote. They are, I, Brian, will listen and negotiate for a win-win with my lover and wife, Judith. Robin says this is Cody, and Cody has a tendency sometimes to wait until the last minute or until inspiration strikes, and it stresses her out a lot. But Cody does a pretty good job, and he does and says things that other people only wish they could. What other people? All men should collectively be ashamed that Cody Brown claims he is one of them. Cody does and says things that other people only wish they could. What does Cody do or say that anyone would feel they wish they could reach, but they just can't 
Does anyone envy Cody or wish they could reach his heights? Or is Cody an example of toxic masculinity at its finest? Where most men with wits and brains take one look and say, wow, we're ashamed. Do most men wish they would disappoint their daughter by not attending her major surgery? Would most men use sex as a bargaining chip to try and control their wife's behavior with another wife? Not the real men I know. Cody tells the bride and groom to be each other's biggest fan. Cody takes pride in announcing the bride and groom as Mr. and Mrs. Brian Colwell. Cody hopes his friends had a special moment with him officiating, and what was most fun for Cody of the whole fun experience was introducing them. He says they're traditional, and Judith wanted Brian's name, and that helped Cody affirm that this marriage was right, and it helped Cody get that crazy demon out of his head. Cody says he got followed here by a demon, and Judith is a perfectly supporting wife. And Cody thinks she was excited about him announcing them as Mr. and Mrs. Brian Colwell. To me, that whole ceremony seemed to be about Cody showboating and projecting his own marriage issues onto this wedding ceremony he performed. It was very telling how Cody made it about his marriage issues more or less. He said success in a marriage is about negotiation. It's not about love or compromise or communication. It's an agreement. It's a bargain. And the success of that agreement depends on negotiation. And negotiation doesn't mean compromise. It means understanding the values of your partner. And so both people always win. And no one has to compromise. No one loses anything. So both people win. And if you want to negotiate, you have to understand and abide by your partner's values. Cody is making this about him and Christine and him and his family. He kept saying Christine and Janelle don't share his values during their COVID protocols meeting, meaning they have different values. He said this over and over and over, that there is a disparity in the values they have. So now Cody is advising these two newlyweds that they need to understand and prioritize each other's values and they made an agreement together when marrying so they need to negotiate so both people win. No one should be compromising. No one should be giving anything up. Both people should win. First of all, this reminds me of the office episode when Michael comes up with his own office mediation policies, and it also reminds me of the episode of Phyllis's wedding. Michael Scott is Cody's spirit animal, but I would say Michael is more self-aware and more endearing, and at least he wears his heart on his sleeve and he's not a condescending idiot all the time. Cody expects that no one in a marriage should compromise, both parties should win and no one should ever have to compromise or give up anything to negotiate so both people win. A marriage isn't a negotiation. It's not a business deal. A marriage is a partnership and each person has to give up a little here or there to make a compromise where both parties feel heard and are factored in to the ultimate decision. Each person may give a little. It's not realistically going to be a negotiation where each party argues and manipulates 
the other so both people win or gain what they want. It's not a manipulation. It's not a game. It is a compromise. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you give a little or come to an agreement where both people give a little. It's not a negotiation. It's not a manipulation. But Cody sees it that way. Everything is a negotiation to win or lose or leverage or manipulate. Just look at how Cody is attempting to hold his own child truly as a bargaining chip to negotiate with Christine so things go his way to his advantage financially. He made the vows about him and what he is going through in his marriage with Christine. Notice how he mentioned understanding your partner's values. He said repeatedly that Christine and Janelle don't share his values, but he also has no understanding of theirs. When Christine and Janelle clearly share the same values as Cody regarding being safe during COVID and taking precautions. And just because they chose a different route and different precautions to take, it doesn't mean they have different values from Cody. Christine and Janelle value their families and making the choice to be there regardless. They were both willing to compromise regarding COVID. Cody wasn't willing to compromise and Cody insisted on all or nothing. He wasn't willing to negotiate himself. It was bend the knee, follow my will, do my protocols, or I will refuse to participate and I will refuse to be present as a father and as a husband. That's not a negotiation. That's not a win-win. Cody gave no option for negotiation. It was all or nothing. Cody also says that each person has to help the other achieve their goals. We know with Cody, he helps Robin with her goals of the failed My Sister Wives closet. And Goblin enables him in being a narcissistic bitch spinning his bullshit narratives. Christine helped Cody with his goal of a plural family. She raised almost all of the kids as the predominant caregiver for years. What goals did Cody help Christine with as she supported him tirelessly and sacrificed of herself, her identity, and her wants and needs to be the nurturer and the primary caregiver of the family, the heart of this family? What did Cody do to help Christine achieve her goals? He couldn't even help her tuck her kids in at night a few times a week so Aspen wouldn't have to be parentified at 10 years old. Cody says he had demons following him there that left when he understood how loving and supportive Judith was of Brian. She's traditional. They're a traditional couple. And she was happy to take his name. And that reassured Cody. That was the funnest part, announcing them married as Mr. and Mrs. Brian Colwell. The best part for Cody is to him that Judith seems traditional, that Judith seems submissive, like she will be easy and convenient and she will allow Brian's will to run into hers as Cody thinks marriage should be. He says it's a patriarchy recently, and he says when his wives signed up to marry him, they knew they were signing up to let him lead, that his will would run theirs. So when Cody says Judith and Brian are traditional and she was excited to be his, to take his name, and Cody was excited to announce it, and that's what made the demons leave for Cody, is Cody being reassured in his pea brain that 
Judith might be submissive to Brian, which is the only way Cody thinks marriage should be. The man should always wear the pants. The wife shouldn't be too independent. She agreed to this contract. She signed up. The husband can negotiate and leverage stuff to win. And so the wife feels like she wins. Ultimately, he should never really give anything up to please his wife, though. But the husband can make negotiations and maybe negotiate once in a while something to give something to his wife if she is willing to run her will into his. And Cody made this all about everyone winning and negotiation. Because for Cody, everything is black and white, win or lose, all or nothing. There is no gray area. There is no compromise. There is no meeting in the middle. There is just manipulation and leveraging this for that and negotiation. Everything is a game. Everything is a deal for power and control. To Cody, marriage isn't a union of equals. To Cody, it's an agreement. It's a contract. It's a deal. It's not two equals who compromise. It's one partner submitting to the other. These vows were all about Cody and what he is going through, his disillusionment with marriage and how he views marriage. It had nothing to do with Brian and Judith or their love or their relationship or their marriage or their commitment. This wedding was about Cody and the issues he has with his wives. That ceremony was a joke. The Michael Scott Show, the word negotiation shouldn't exist in a marriage ceremony. It felt like a business mediation meeting with PR and corporate. It didn't feel at all like a wedding and Cody put no effort in and he didn't give this the respect it deserved, personalizing it for his friends. Cody instead made it all about him and his marital stance and disillusionment with marriage and his issues. At the wedding reception, Cody is dancing up a storm like a spastic. He looks like he is having seizures. He takes up the whole floor. He wants people to see him. He wants to be looked at. He wants to be seen. And it's so cringe. He is dancing very aggressively with people, holding their hands, getting his face in their face, with not a mask in sight. I didn't even see Cody hand sanitize once. It's amazing that he can attend this wedding, but not the surgery for Isabel or the move for Isabel. And he can't even bother to go sit outside in the yard with Isabel per his rules because it would be too cold or inconvenient for him to be there if she chose to go to in-person school. And here he is at this wedding and he couldn't even bother to put on a fucking mask. Cody is such a fucking joke. He's a total head case. And that dancing does him no favors. If he wants viewers to believe, he plays with a full deck. Cody is so full of shit, I can smell the manure coming through the TV screen every time Kotex is in a scene. I don't want to hear one more bullshit word about how this man is the protector of the kids. He didn't bother to have an in-depth conversation with Truly about her feelings regarding the divorce. Per truly, he seems to feel comfortable in repeatedly letting Isabel down, allowing her to feel she doesn't matter to him. He seems to be happy to allow his son Gabe to hurt emotionally because he wants a relationship with his dad. And his dad is butthurt, so he refuses to give even an inch. It's like dealing with the human equivalent of a wall. All there are are layers of arrogance and a tender ego 
wrapped in bubble wrap, marked fragile. Cody can't be real. He can't have an honest conversation. He can't own his choices or take accountability. He can't be honest with himself or anyone else. He can't communicate from an honest emotional place. He can't understand other people's emotions, not even Gabe's. When Gabe was very clear and Gabe is very emotionally intelligent and he communicates well, he's very articulate, he's very self-aware. And every time Gabe communicates with his dad directly or about his dad, why can't Cody give Gabe or any of his kids anything back? Is he that selfish? Is it his pride? Is it his ego? Or does Cody just not give a fuck? What the fuck is Cody's problem? Is it that he only loves himself and he can only love others conditionally and others are only there to serve him if and when they are convenient to him? Cody seems to think he is always the smartest guy in the room. If he is really so smart and so intellectually advanced, you would think that he would have the ability to understand the damage to his kids caused directly by his behavior and neglect and his inability to be a decent father and a decent husband. If Cody would get off his lazy, convenience-loving ass to inconvenience himself to make an effort for his kids and make the efforts to attempt to repair and foster those relationships, maybe those relationships would be different and his kids wouldn't be so hurt by him. Cody has no concept of the damage he does. And then he throws around ludicrous bullshit like that Janelle gaslights him when it's an insult to all the viewers and his whole family to even say such a thing. Cody is no victim. Cody is not marginalized by his wives. Cody is a victim of himself alone. Cody is his own worst enemy. And Cody can lament that he is no longer the head of every house when he doesn't even have the character to be a decent human being, let alone a present father and a husband, yet he wants to lead the entire family and have that authority when he knows he doesn't have the character or the critical thinking or the reasoning skills or the intellect or the self-awareness or the maturity or the emotional intelligence to lead. Cody operates on ego alone. He dresses up in his bullshit and false sense of righteousness, but Cody has no spine. He has no leg to stand on. He's propped up on a pile of his own bullshit. The protector of the kids who abandoned the kid who was most near death or risk of complication with major surgery because it was too inconvenient for him, the protector of the kids who doesn't protect and support all of his kids with the same fervor and enthusiasm. Only certain kids count, only the ones who bend the knee and feed him bullshit to uphold his ego. Only those kids who are convenient and treat him like the hero he fancies himself to be in his delusional mind get his so-called protection. Cody isn't interested in real, authentic, genuine relationships with his kids. He isn't interested in hard work. He isn't interested in making an effort. He isn't interested in compromise and sacrifice and in honesty. Cody isn't interested. He doesn't value anything that isn't easy. He doesn't value anything that isn't self-serving. If he has to be inconvenienced, if he has to put in emotional work and it's hard on him, 
something where the main focus isn't him, like let's say to support his kid, to give them confidence in his love for them or his relationship with them, if it's just to show them they matter, Cody isn't interested. He wants to be there for the glory and the accolades and the hero narrative. If he is the hero, the son, he won't be there to walk through the muck and the mire. He won't own his faults or accept his accountability and do the work to fix his relationships. He wants one-sided relationships where his kids make it easy on him, where they bend to him as the hero, the ultimate authority, and they blow smoke up his ass, where they would never question him, where they would never question that. They would only praise Cody. They would only adore him. And if anyone wants to get real or discuss truth or discuss their emotions or the damage of the consequences of Cody's bad behavior, they are liars. They are exaggerators. They are disrespectful. They are disloyal. They are gaslighters. They are ingrates because Cody can't swallow that anyone not perceive him as heroically as he perceives himself as faultless and anyone who dares offer a word of constructive criticism is cleaved off neglected cody don't got time for that cody can't drive to north carolina to spend quality time with isabel and see her off to making her way in the world what's really in it for him loving his daughter and the smile on her face that she mattered enough for him to show up that's nothing to cody it doesn't mean much, but being there to officiate Brian and Judith's big day, dancing like a spastic, that meant the world to Cody because it's all about Cody's ego. It's all about ego. It's all about Cody, the hero, the shining example of what not to do as a husband and a father. Cody really enjoyed that wedding. He milked every last drop he could out of that wedding. A feast for his ego. Nom, nom, nom. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How could he preen in the spotlight, bathe in it, revel in it, knowing that his daughter was home, heartbroken, feeling betrayed all over again over his refusal to attend her surgery and his absence at her major surgery? We know he cited COVID as the reason he couldn't be there. He couldn't dare break his COVID protocols. But for Brian and Judith... Those protocols were out the window, baby. Cody was alive and he was going to live. And he lived it up. But now I'm sure Isabel is heartbroken to see that Cody is willing to break his COVID protocols for Brian and Judith, but not for his own daughter during her major surgery. Cody must really love Brian and Judith, a whole hell of a lot. 
And I don't buy this whole bullshit justification Cody gives as to why he could make it to the wedding, but not his daughter's surgery, citing that he was only away for Brian and Judith for four days. But for Isabel, he'd have to be gone six to eight weeks. Nah, I don't think so. Cody is the type of man who is where he wants to be at all times. There is no way in hell if he wanted to be there, he would not be there at his daughter's surgery, no matter what. Cody didn't need to be gone for six to eight weeks. He is just pulling that out of his ass. He could have taken rapid tests and flown in for a few days. He could have quarantined at Robin's. He could have not stayed the whole time period and just quarantined once, went and seen Isabel for a few days, went and did a rapid test when he got home. There are a million ways he could have managed to be there if he wanted to be there. And Cody's the type of guy that no one stops him from what he wants to do. It sucks that he didn't want to be there. And what's even creepier is the fact that he knows he enjoyed the fuck out of this wedding knowing his daughter felt heartbroken at the fact that Cody would be willing to say, fuck COVID, I'm going to go party. I'm going to break all my protocols. He could do it for friends, but he wasn't able to do it for his daughter's major surgery. Priorities. Christine says Janelle's kids knew that Cody was officiating the wedding and they told Gwen and Isabel. So now Gwen is mad and Isabel is heartbroken. Christine says Isabel went exactly there. She goes, how can he justify officiating Brian's wedding when he wouldn't even come to my surgery? Isabel, of course, has every right to feel that way, and she is right, and she is justified in it. And I can't imagine how ripped apart her heart felt when she found out this news. It's a betrayal by your own father, the parent who should love, protect, and prioritize you, that he wouldn't go break his protocols to be at your surgery, but he would break them with reckless abandon to go to this wedding. For friends. Cody says there is this overlying thing for Christine with why he can go to a friend's wedding and why he can't go to Isabel's surgery. Cody says Isabel's surgery was at a time and a situation where he would be required to be away from home for six or eight weeks, and he says no man can be away from home and work and family for that long. Cody says he was only gone for four days for Brian's wedding, and that's it. Christine says now she is mad. Fuck yeah, she should be. What the hell, she says. Cody thinks he can go officiate his friend's wedding, but not take care of his own family. Cody thinks Christine protesteth too much, and that Christine is trying to excuse herself by making him some kind of villain. Christine says she doesn't have to deal with Cody anymore. She isn't married to him. And Cody says the lack of love between them was for a reason. Christine says she is so glad she isn't married to Cody anymore because she cannot respect this person anymore. She says, 
who Cody is and with the choices he is making, she cannot respect this man. Cody says this comment that Christine is making needs a mirror up in her face. Isabel is 100% right in how she feels. I just feel heartbroken for the pain I know she must feel and all the kids feel, including Gabe and Garrison, because of their father's egotistical, narcissistic, delusional, arrogant, selfish behavior. And I would hope that they all understand that there is nothing wrong with them. They are beautiful, amazing, intelligent kids and young adults, and there is nothing in them that makes them unlovable or hard to love. Their dad just isn't capable of unconditional love, and it's a fault and it's a defect in him, and he probably has personality issues where he is just incapable and his incapacity to love unconditionally and to be there as a husband and a father It hurts them a lot, but I would hope that they know it's not because of anything that has to do with them. It's not because of anything in them or something in them or something wrong with them. It's not anything to do with them at all regarding why Cody, their father, is not present and attentive and invested and supportive and unconditionally loving of all of his kids. Cody has issues that have nothing to do with them or anything they do. And if Cody ever blames them or their choices or anything about them as to why he isn't able to be there, that is just utter bullshit. As the father, it is Cody's responsibility to be present regardless of how hard the relationships are. And it's up to Cody to make the choice to be there. And that choice for Cody to be present as a father is not dependent on the choices any of his kids make. They make no choices or decisions that have any actual bearing on Cody's ability to be there as a father. It isn't their fault. This is on Cody and Cody alone, and it's Cody's job to nurture and maintain the relationships and the communication with his kids. And it's up to him to maintain his relationships with them. And it's on Cody to make the effort even when it's hard and even when it's inconvenient. Cody can treat his wives any way he likes. Although I find it disgusting, it's on the adults to decide what they deserve or what they will and won't tolerate. They can set their own boundaries and decide for themselves what they deserve. Although again, I don't appreciate the way Cody treats his wives. And he certainly doesn't treat the wives as his equals and he doesn't respect them as equals, and he doesn't treat them all the same. But the kids, whether grown or not, do not deserve this type of fuckery and manipulative bullshit and emotional abuse from their father. They deserve more. Kids don't get to pick their parents. All kids deserve is unconditional love. They deserve to be prioritized even when things are hard in their relationships. And it's up to the father to do the hard work And to show up and I feel sad for these kids. Cody has because they are so intelligent. They are so responsible. They are so mature. They are so self-aware. They communicate well. They are emotionally intelligent. And all they want is a father who sees them. Who prioritizes them. 
who is honest, who makes the effort, who loves unconditionally, who supports them, who compromises, who has empathy, and they have a father who can't even be honest with himself. And if he can't even be real with himself, Cody won't have the capacity to get real and do the hard work with anyone else, let alone his kids. And his kids deserve better. I think most parents would love to have kids that turned out like the brown kids. And I think it's a real testament to the mothers in the family, especially Christine, Janelle, and Mary, especially to Christine, the heart of the family, to see how amazingly all the kids turned out despite their father and his issues. Now, let's get into Cody's bullshit some more. Cody gives the excuse that for Brian's wedding, he was only away for four days. For Isabel's surgery, he would need to be away from home and work and the family for six to eight weeks. That's a fucking lie. He wasn't working anyways in public at that time. And he works other than filming at gun shows. And if he was, he was breaking his protocols big time. And obviously filming Cody could have done from Goblin's house or from Isabel's side. So it wouldn't have affected filming for him to be there. And he definitely wasn't working at gun expos during this pandemic, unless he's been breaking his rules that whole time. Now, when Cody says he can't leave his family for that long, let's be clear. The only family Cody was seeing at that time was Robin and the kids with her. He wasn't willing to be away from Robin and her household for that long for Isabel. Isabel wasn't worth that sacrifice for Cody. He's the protector of the kids. He always calls himself the protector of the kids. But only certain kids get Cody's protection. Only Goblin's kids. When it comes to all the other kids in the family, grown or not, Cody seems to be far less protective. He didn't feel the need to be by Isabel's side as they deflated her lungs and they embedded screws into her spine. Apparently, she didn't need his protection as much as Saul and Ari. Listen, let's be real here. Robin is Cody's favorite and Cody prefers his kids with Robin over all his other kids, okay? And it's not because of anything other than their willingness to keep their heads so far up Cody's ass that their eyes are covered in his toxic shit. They obey Cody. They coddle his precious ego. They pretend he is their hero. They worship him. Now, I know Robin came from what she claims was an abusive marriage. We don't know. We don't ever hear the kid's biological dad speak. We know the kids need a lot of love and attention and Robin prioritized her marriage because she needed Cody for stability and security for her kids and for herself. And she obeys Cody and she pushes her kids to also obey Cody to keep him there, to keep things easy and stable. And in return for all the adulation and all of the authority, Cody favors them and Robin knows it. And Robin knows the other kids get treated differently. She knows the other wives get treated differently. She doesn't give a flying fuck as long as she can keep Cody chill and keep Cody around 
and keep his moods at bay around her kids and in her home. And she has a rule for Cody that he not be away for more than two or three days. Or Saul and Ari get way too anxious. And at the time of Isabel's surgery, Cody lived exclusively at Robin's house. So when Cody says he can't be away that long, he can't be away from his family, he can't be away from his home, he means he doesn't want to be away from Robin and her kids and the home he has with her and the ego boost. Robin is Cody's one place in the whole wide world where Cody gets to feel like the hero. He thinks he is seen in Robin's household as he sees himself. But Robin doesn't treat Cody with submission out of respect. It's about survival and stability and peace. So Robin does it. She has her kids do it too. And she enables Cody's bad behavior. She toes the party line. She spins the narrative. And she will keep doing it as long as she needs to till one day he turns on her when she is no longer in his favor and she will realize she is no longer the favorite. She doesn't easily have his ear anymore one day. Now, Cody didn't want to be away from Robin and her kids. He didn't want to go spend that time to go to Isabel's surgery. He would have to be away for too long. Cody didn't need to be away for six or eight weeks to go to Isabel's surgery. He could have quarantined at Robin's and done a rapid test, then done a test in New Jersey and seen Isabel for the first few tough days and he could have flown home to do another rapid test. He easily could have made it to her surgery somehow without being away for over a month. It was Cody's choice not to be there at all and these pathetic excuses, just how, how pathetic it is that a 50 plus year old man has so little character that he would grasp at straws with the indignity of this bullshit rather than calling a spade a spade. He could have been there, he chose not to be there, and now he wants to grasp at straws to try and make himself feel better or look better. Christine wonders how Cody can officiate the wedding for a friend but not be there for his own family. That's easy because it's all about Cody's ego. Officiating the wedding is a huge ego feast. Being there for his family is an inconvenience and he won't just be the hero so it won't serve him and it won't make him feel good and Cody only cares about Cody's feelings. He's too arrogant and selfish to have the capacity to consider anyone else or how they feel or the damage he causes to their emotions with his behavior. Cody said it best himself. He sees his family as the obstacles to his goals in life. He isn't going to prioritize his obstacles, his inconveniences, his burdens. It wouldn't serve him. It wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be convenient. Cody thinks Christine protesteth too much and that Christine is trying to excuse herself by making him some kind of villain. It's interesting that Cody is saying Christine is intentionally trying to paint the narrative that Cody is a villain. That's Cody projecting. 
what he does regarding Christine all season since she finalized leaving him is he has villainized her and now he's accusing her of doing to him what he does to her. He said she was blocking access to the kids. She was taking Truly away. He kept mentioning the phantom man Christine was marrying who would steal all of his coins episode after episode. Last episode, Cody suggested that Christine influences her kids against him. This episode, Cody said, Christine was leading Truly down a road, influencing her to dislike him. That Christine is convincing Truly to cast him aside. That's not the case, but Cody has been grasping at straws, thirsty, desperate to make Christine look bad, to make Christine look like the bad guy, when we all know that it's not true in the least, and that in fact, Christine has bent over backwards, wanting her kids to have good relationships with their father. Christine goes out of her way to accommodate Cody when he doesn't do the same for her. She has done whatever she can to make it convenient for the kids to see Cody. Even though it really isn't her job to facilitate Cody and his relationships with their kids. Christine reassured Cody she wouldn't go after his money. She sold him and Robin her property on Coyote Pass for just 10 bucks. So I'm sure Cody and Robin got more than their down payment back, and then some. She even tried to bend over backwards to do all she could to make it convenient for Cody to help Isabel move to North Carolina with her. And Cody rejected that opportunity. He rejected one of the last chances he might have to bond with Isabel and to make memories with her. Christine isn't the villain here and she doesn't try to paint Cody as the villain. But Cody certainly is trying to make Christine look like the bad guy here when she is anything but. Cody really just shows his lack of character and his level of paranoia and immaturity as he becomes increasingly desperate to make Christine, the mother of his kids, look bad, even lying on the mother of his kids, that's the move of a total dick face. This woman, Christine, was the heart of the family. She was the caregiver and the nurturer to all of the kids. She sacrificed of herself. She sacrificed her identity and her wants and needs to be the nurturer of the family, to be the heart of the family. And instead of Cody treating her with respect, and reverence and dignity. As the mother of his kids, Cody acts like a petulant child trying to reframe the narrative and all it does when he tries to villainize Christine as if he is her victim is make him look like a complete imbecile. Really, it just elevates Christine because Cody's words and actions put his buffoonery and bullshit on full display. Cody really is his own worst enemy. Christine says she doesn't have to deal with Cody anymore. She isn't married to him. 
And Cody says, the lack of love between them was for a reason. Yes, Cody, the lack of love was for a reason. Because Cody doesn't know how to love unconditionally. Cody only knows conditional love. Number one and number two is Cody is the human equivalent of a wall. And when he does act, it's like a total buffoon. So the reason for the lack of love between them is Cody is completely inept and deficient in his ability to love unconditionally or to act as a husband and a father. Every relationship in the family Cody has is strained. Even Robin complains that Cody is an angry, unhappy man when he has trouble in every relationship. It's clear that the issue is Cody, not the other person and not the other people in his family. Christine says she is so glad she isn't married to him anymore because she cannot respect this person anymore. She says who Cody is and with the choices he is making, she cannot respect this man. And Cody says this comment that Christine is making needs a mirror up in her face. I understand why Christine can't respect Cody. I don't think many people respect Cody too much. Whether they are in his family or outside, it's hard to feel respect for a person who obviously can't even be real with themselves, let alone with anyone else. Who respects a man who refuses to attend his daughter's major surgery but has no problem attending a wedding because it serves their ego? A man who would easily have evicted his own sons because he was jealous and threatened by them and threatened by the fact that he was not prioritized over his kids by his wife, Janelle. Who respects a man like that? A man who has no concept of what the word respect means, who is so disrespectful of his family and to his family that he feels comfortable calling them the obstacles to his goals in life. I respect Christine as a woman. I respect her and I admire her as a woman and as a mother. And it takes great strength to be able to set aside your own needs and your own wants to live in an insufferable situation and shove it down to be able to raise and nurture all of the kids and to do so with unconditional love and with nurturing and with not a shred of resentment. That's a woman to respect and to admire. And it's easy to respect Christine because look at her actions, look at her grace, and look at her heart. It's natural to respect Christine and to admire her and to see her strength and the contents of her character and to see her words and how her words match her actions. Christine has very high standards and very high expectations that not all women can reach. And she was able to raise and nurture all the kids in the family under duress. And she did a beautiful job. Look at how amazing the kids turned out. And look at how they developed into intelligent, responsible, mature, self-aware adults. Adults who take accountability. Adults who own their choices. Adults who are humble. Adults who are authentic, who can communicate. Christine did a wonderful job, and the way the kids turned out is in a big way a testament to her. Christine has very high standards. Not every woman can reach those standards. 
Janelle has very high standards. Mary obviously has high standards. Love or hate her, she was able to open the inn. And these women don't ever mention their high standards and expectations. They don't put on a show. Their words and actions and the way their kids turned out show their standards and show the high level at which they operate. Cody does all this, talk, 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 about his high standards and his expectations that only he can reach. But all I see is that bar of standards stuck in the sludge of the drainage ditch on Coyote Pass, caked in dirt, infested with that prairie dog plague. Most people with high standards don't ever mention it. It's obvious. It doesn't need to be spoken. It's shown through a person's actions and through a person's character. Yet Cody announces his standards every chance he gets. He also loves to mention that he's an alpha male, self-proclaimed. If he really had high standards, he wouldn't need to announce it. If he really was an alpha male, he wouldn't need to proclaim it. It would just be. It would speak for itself just like the high standards of most of his wives and how those standards speak for themselves. They don't need to be spoken of verbally. It shows without words. If I were Cody, I would say that he needs to hold the mirror up to himself, that he thinks Christine needs. That mirror is for himself, and he needs to look inward and get real. And maybe when he can be honest with himself, He can learn to be honest with everyone around him. As long as Cody keeps lying to himself, he has people around him to enable him to delude himself, he will never get real. And unless he gets real, he will never be the kind of man one finds it easy to respect. That ship has already sailed. I can see why Christine finds it hard to respect Cody when he behaves in ways that are beneath dignity as a human father and a husband or ex-husband. But if Cody can't find respect for the heart of his family, who sacrificed so much in raising all of his kids, if he can't see her grace and her patience and her unconditional love, and he can't respect and appreciate the blessing she has been to him and his family and the sacrifice she has made to his kids and for her sister wives, and for him for over 25 years, and he can't find respect for her as the mother of his kids, then there is something grotesquely wrong between his ears. And it's sad because it just shows how incapable Cody is of unconditional love and emotional closeness and gratitude. And he should have nothing but the highest respect and admiration for this woman. And instead, he seethes in resentment, thinking of ways to villainize her, to make himself look and feel better with his goblin at hand to toe the line some more. This is the level of Cody's character. He is so arrogant and emotionally constipated that he is not capable of more, and it's pathetic and sad. He is surrounded by so many blessings, and all he can see is the shit Because his mind is negative and he is toxic, it's all he can see himself, the negative. He will never appreciate what he has and he has so much. It's like he's blind to reality and blind to the good. I would never want to be Cody. Imagine being a person incapable to love fully 
and unconditionally and incapable of receiving unconditional love, treating all your relationships as conditional. What a miserable life. What a toxic existence. How sad, really. I don't feel bad for Cody. I feel bad for Cody's kids. He hurts his kids repeatedly, showing them time after time that they don't matter to him. Eventually, he will show them that they are of no consequence to him, one time too many, and he will say uncle, but no one will be around to care to hear it because no one is playing this like a game but Cody. And he will communicate to his kids that they don't matter so much that eventually he won't matter at all to them. And it's not their loss. It's his. Cody could learn a lot from his kids, especially Gabe and Isabel and Garrison and Hunter. It's too bad that Cody will miss out on the opportunity to know them as they get older if he continues on this path of delusion and destruction. Cody got back from Oklahoma and he tested negative for COVID so he can be around the family. Cody is meeting Janelle to level the RV. Janelle is overwhelmed. She doesn't know how to set up the RV to make sure it is livable long term. Cody thinks it will just take 10 minutes. Cody wonders if they can move things manually. Gabe says it's a weird system and Janelle is worried about messing up the electronics. Cody wants to know if they can manipulate each leg independently. He seems to have no clue what he's doing. Janelle wants to check the level. Janelle says she couldn't have anticipated what this experience of living in the RV would be like. She thinks it's the best and worst of both worlds. There is a huge learning curve and a huge adjustment to having to get all of her electricity from a generator. She is hauling all of her water by hand. It's a lot of work to do the adjustment. Janelle suggests that they need to auto-level it really quickly. No one seems sure about how to approach this. In confessional, Cody says they tried leveling the RV once before, and it wasn't leveling. The self-level didn't seem to level, to Cody at least. Cody says they don't want to do the auto-level. He frustratedly tells Gabe and Janelle to stop doing the auto-level. Janelle says they did the auto-level after the slides were out, so she thinks that was the problem. Cody orders Gabe to not hit auto-level, to do it manually. Janelle says they have no idea what they're doing, and Cody tells Gabe again to not hit the auto-level, to hit manual. He is about to lose it. Janelle is worried about the tires, and Cody tells Janelle they can lower each one of these so that the tire is on the ground. Christine says Janelle is a trooper. She's amazing. And she is just a mile away from Christine's house now on Coyote Pass. So she goes to Christine's all the time. She sees Christine all the time for coffee and breakfast and to do laundry over at her house. Robin always goes out to the property and she sits there on her bench on what would have been her lot and she imagines them all out there on the land. Robin says every time she was out there, Janelle was gone. She says if she would have ran into Janelle, she would have said hi. She would have talked to Janelle. But it was weird. 
Janelle was never there. Why was it weird that Janelle wasn't there? Maybe Janelle doesn't feel like interacting with Robin. Maybe she wanted space. Maybe she was out and about. And Robin was doing her manifesting on days when Janelle had other obligations. If they didn't make plans, it's not that weird that they never crossed paths. Robin wants to make it like Janelle intentionally ducked out. And if she did, no one blames her. But it's not weird that Janelle was never around when Robin was. People are busy. They have lives. So maybe Robin's manifesting time on her bench didn't coincide with when Janelle was home in her trailer. That's not weird. It's weird that Robin goes to sit out there. It's weird that Robin does her hair like that in sausage curls. It's weird that she looks in the mirror with those meat cleaver eyebrows, butcher knife style, and she finds it acceptable to herself leave her house with eyebrows that look like that. It's weird that Robin called Isabel stupid for electing to go to in-person school for senior year. It's weird how Robin denigrates Gabe every chance she gets. And she made a point to mention during the Thanksgiving conversation that Gabe has friends and a girlfriend and a social life when explaining to her kids how everyone rejected them for Thanksgiving. I think it's weird how Robin took that as a personal rejection and she also framed that narrative for her kids as a personal rejection by the family. When anyone can see that Janelle and Christine just decided to go chill with their older kids so their whole family and all of their kids would be welcome at their Thanksgivings. Like, why would Janelle go to Robin's and Cody's Thanksgiving where Gabe and Garrison wouldn't be welcomed with her at that same place based on Cody's protocols. It wasn't a personal rejection. It was common sense that everyone went elsewhere. Robin's dollhouse was super weird. And another weird thing, it's also very weird how Robin made that painting of a young Cody in place of her kids, bio dad, with her kids taking Cody's younger image from a photograph of Christine and her kids with Cody to rewrite history. That was weird and creepy AF. Also, that she would have an exorbitant amount of debt at Victoria's Secret. All of that is weird. What I don't find weird, though, is that Janelle wasn't in the RV the times that Robin visited the property. That's the least weird thing of all the things. Robin says if Janelle is somehow able to get something going on the property, then Janelle will be her favorite person forever. Cause like all she wants is to get on that property. Imagine the hell of being Robin's favorite person. Look at how up and down she is emotionally and how sensitive and how needy and desperate. And then imagine that burden of being her favorite person. I doubt Janelle wants that. I don't think most people would. Christine says, when they first moved to Flagstaff, she fell in love with Coyote Pass. She saw all of the wives and Cody raising their kids there and settling there and living there. And then they did nothing and nothing and nothing. And things between herself and Cody got worse and worse and worse. 
Mary says the reason they haven't done anything with the property is it has to be paid off. Mary says she doesn't know and the property is the furthest thing from her mind because there is a lot of family stuff that needs to be worked out. Cody, Gabe, and Janelle are still trying to level the RV. Cody is arguing with Gabe, telling him to stop. And Gabe knows how to fix it. And he says, you have to choose low level. Gabe tells his dad that he knows his dad wants to kick him out of here, but he is the only one who knows how to fix it. And Cody frustratedly tells Gabe that they all have to know how to fix it. And Gabe tells his dad, to let him show him. Cody says in confessional that Gabe doesn't know anything about this RV. He hasn't read the manual. He hasn't driven it. He hasn't leveled it before. Cody says Gabe doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't even know what he is doing. I have way more faith in Gabe than I ever would in Cody. To be honest, it seems like Gabe knew a hell of a lot more than Cody and Cody seemed like he had his head up his butt, and it was obvious he had no clue what the fuck he was doing. He was doing things haphazardly. He was being impatient. He was being moody, and Gabe was more patient, and he seemed to have a better grasp on things, and his suggestion seemed to fix the issue. I think Cody is jealous of Gabe. I think Cody is pissed that Janelle picked Gabe and Garrison over him. Cody feels threatened by his sons and he sees them as a threat because they don't blindly obey their dad. And I think Cody knows they might encourage dissension with Janelle and Savannah. And Cody is also jealous because his sons are already better than he was at their age. They're obviously better at emotional intelligence and self-awareness and communication than Cody will ever be. They seem to understand how to own their choices, something Cody has yet to do. They seem humble and down to earth. And another thing I appreciate in Gabe and Garrison is they seem to tell it like it is and they defend their moms when Cody tries to do his bullshit deflection and blame the moms. Gabe is adorable. He's smart. He has a good sense of humor. His dad is a total jealous dick. And it's weird to me that Cody isn't beaming with pride regarding his kids. In confessional, Gabe says he and his dad don't talk as much as they used to. Ever since they talked about COVID and Gabe voiced how he did not appreciate how his dad was handling it, tensions have been really high. They flash back to that famous scene on Coyote Pass with Gabe and Garrison and Kotex, where Gabe is communicating with Cody And getting anything back from Cody is like pulling blood from a stone. I hate watching that scene. Every time you just feel some kind of way, watching Gabe sincerely plead with his father to have a better relationship with him as his dad just sits there coldly, not giving anything back like a little bitch, like Gabe is talking to the wall. When, as the father, Cody should be reassuring his son that he loves him and that he will make an effort in their relationship despite their differences of opinion on how to handle COVID. That scene feels like Gabe is the dad and Cody is the petulant child. Gabe says it seems like Cody is tired of putting in effort 
into maintaining something with him. And Gabe says he doesn't understand what he did wrong. Gabe did nothing wrong. Gabe did nothing wrong. Gabe is the type of person from what I see that most parents would be so filled with pride over if he was their son. They would just be beaming with pride the way Janelle does. Gabe did nothing wrong. He does nothing wrong. He seems amazing. Cody isn't capable of unconditional love. His ego comes first and Cody can't see past that. And whatever personality issues Cody has seem to make him incapable of having real relationships and real connections. He can't even be honest with himself. He won't be able to be honest with his kids. Cody has relationship issues with almost all of his family members. The problem isn't them, it's him. So Gabe did nothing wrong and shame on Cody for ever allowing his son to doubt himself or question it. I don't know how this guy can sleep at night knowing how hurt he leaves his kids because of his pride and because of his ego. When Christine says it's hard to respect Cody, she is so right. It's very difficult, especially when we see what little regard Cody has for his kids, especially in comparison to how highly he regards himself and his ego with nothing to warrant that high level of esteem he has for himself whatsoever. Imagine if Cody regarded his kids as highly as he regards himself and his ego. The next thing Cody says infuriates me. He projects his emotionally abusive tactics and manipulations onto innocent Gabe saying he feels Gabe is gaslighting him. Obviously, that's a lie. And all I can say is shame on Cody. Shame on him for valuing his kids so little and valuing his own ego so much that he would lie about his own kids and speak poorly of them to make it seem like he is their victim. Only a loser of the lowest order would behave in this way and do this to the child they know is hurting because of their own inability to love unconditionally and to be a father. Cody thinks it's acceptable to show up and be present as a husband and as a father as a reward for obedience and compliance, as a reward for good behavior. Fuck that. Cody's kids deserve better. Gabe deserves better. Isabel deserves better, truly deserves better. All of Cody's kids deserve better. And the sad thing is, Cody isn't capable of better and the kids don't get to choose who their parents are. I just don't know how Cody can sleep at night and wake up in the morning and look at himself in the mirror and feel okay about who he is and feel okay about the way he treats his family and his kids. How can he look in the mirror and pick his ego over Isabel and his pride over Gabe? Is Cody really that far gone? Is he really that delusional? Is he really that blind to the hurt he inflicts and the damage he does with his shit behavior and ineptitude? Cody says the whole issue here with he and Gabe isn't that Gabe doesn't know what was going on. Cody says Gabe knows what the rules are And he was gaslighting him. 
That's not true. And this isn't about his stupid fucking COVID protocols. After Cody attended this wedding, if he has the balls to mention these protocols again, I'm going to need to invest in a punching bag and some boxing gloves. Your kids and your relationships with your kids and prioritizing your kids and supporting them, that is more important than anything, even the fucking pandemic. That pandemic was used by Cody as a way to justify to himself his absence as a father and a husband. And it isn't a justification. COVID isn't a justification. The protocols aren't a justification. Cody is making the choice to be absent, COVID or not. I don't give a fuck. COVID would do far less damage to the family than Cody and the protocols or any of his disgusting behavior during this pandemic has done. Cody decimated his family single-handedly. COVID was survivable for the family. Cody was not. In my opinion, Cody did this COVID bullshit and the protocols with intention. In my opinion, he wants to free himself from his obstacles to his goals in life. And his goals in life, his priorities, aren't his wives and his kids and his family. Those are the obstacles to his goals. And in my opinion, Cody's goal is monogamy with Goblin until, of course, she gets fed up and becomes an inconvenience to him, just like everyone else in the family. I just want to again be clear that Gabe was not manipulating his dad. Gabe was not gaslighting Cody at all. Cody just learned a new word he obviously doesn't understand the definition of, and he knows it sounds like something bad, so he wants to say Gabe did that to him, and he wants to accuse Gabe of a lie of doing something abusive that he doesn't do, because rather than Cody telling the truth about what an absentia father he is, and rather than Cody taking accountability with Gabe, he wants to deflect and he wants to blame Gabe and say Gabe is gaslighting to twist it and shift the accountability from him because Cody can't be a mature adult who is self-aware, even with his own kids. And Cody should be ashamed of lying on Gabe just to avoid his own accountability. Gabe is like 21. Cody is like 50 plus. This is really pathetic and it's really humiliating and embarrassing. Not for Gabe, for Cody. Gabe wasn't gaslighting anyone. In this episode, Cody also mentions that Janelle gaslights him. Janelle wasn't gaslighting anyone. But both Robin and Cody gaslight everyone around them. So Cody even suggesting this is absolute preposterous bullshit. Cody loves to wallow in shit. Maybe he should get into the manure business. He knows a lot about manure. Cow shit, bullshit, pig shit, horse shit. Cody would be great at selling shit. All he does is spew shit on his family and then accuse them of doing it to him. And now he wants to make it seem like he is Gabe's victim. How low does a 50 plus year old man have to be to play like that with his 21 year old son? It's so pathetic. Every time I think, 
Cody really can't possibly stoop any lower. He proves me wrong. Gabe did nothing wrong. He isn't gaslighting Cody at all. And Cody wants to blame Gabe to sow doubt in him when as a father he should be reassuring Gabe and trying to fix their relationship. And he should also be taking accountability with Gabe as well. It's really ludicrous for Cody to suggest that Gabe is employing emotionally abusive, manipulative tactics against him when he emotionally terrorizes Gabe and Garrison and Isabel and the other kids who aren't in his highest favor. Maybe Cody needs to look at his own behavior and see how he treats some kids in the family different than other kids in the family. Maybe that's abusive and that needs to stop. Instead of coming up with false accusations about projecting what he does to his family onto his kids and his wives doing that to him when he's the one doing it to them. Janelle explains the driveway has some natural unevenness because it's all rock. So she figured that they could put boards under the low tire. Christine says even before she decided to leave Cody when things were really bad between them. She thought she could give it the best intention and maybe build on Coyote Pass. But the last thing she wants to do is to live on the property where Cody has fully functioning marriages with other wives and she gets to see it all the time. Christine hasn't talked to Cody yet about this, but what makes most sense to her because it seems easiest is she keeps everything from the house and the proceeds if she rents or sells or whatever, and they can have the property. She wants nothing to do with Coyote Pass. Cody is tired. He needs a break. The RV just isn't leveling. Cody doesn't get it. He is tired and he is done. He just wants them to move in to that thing as is. Janelle says she thought she would pull the trailer out there. She would hook up power and things would be great. But this will be so much more difficult than she thought it would be. And she hopes she can survive this. Cody says with Christine wanting to move to Utah, there is a big question about what they will do with her house. So Christine wanted to talk with Cody about it. Christine wants to talk about specifically moving and keeping the house. Christine is definitely moving to Utah. Not yet though, it'll be after the girls move out, but she doesn't know what to do about her house. So Christine wants Cody's opinion on what to do. Christine also doesn't want to displace Gwendolyn. She wants to finish college here in Flagstaff, but she hasn't been able to go to school in person on campus because of COVID. So she hasn't been able to find roommates or a place to stay yet. Cody volunteers that Gwen is vaccinated and Christine tells Cody it's still new. Cody doesn't seem to think there's a problem. He doesn't seem too worried about certain kids getting COVID it seems. There seems to be a double standard regarding COVID and Cody and the children he feels more protective over as the protector of the children in the family. He was able to attend the wedding, but not Isabel's surgery. 
He was fine with Isabel attending in-person class. He didn't care to have a conversation with Isabel about it. But with Brianna, he had a conversation with her about staying home and refraining from returning to in-person class. And so Brianna stayed home with the understanding that if she chose in-person class, her father wouldn't see her. But with Isabel, Cody never even made one phone call to discuss it with her. He doesn't seem worried about Gwendolyn now. If she would have to do school or go on campus or live with roommates because Gwendolyn has the vaccine. Now, if Cody was really afraid and really as afraid of COVID-19 as he claims, then he would know the vaccine doesn't mean you won't get the virus. He also has paranoia that seems to come and go about COVID when it comes to himself having to be inconvenienced or when it comes to which child it is in the family and how high in his favor they are. Christine tells Cody that she's considering renting the place out to two more people besides Gwendolyn and then locking the door to the upstairs. And then when Truly wants to come visit, it will be much easier because Christine and Truly will have a place to stay when they come into town. Cody doesn't know what to think. Cody admits that this entire experience of this breakup has spun his head off of his neck and he needs time to digest this and know the right thing to do. Cody says it deals with the unknown. He says Christine doesn't know what else she would be able to do. Cody says selling the house now would make it so they can pay off Coyote Pass and they can't build on it until they pay the land off, of course. Cody says if Christine sells the house now, then Janelle can build on the land. If she uses that money to pay off the land, then they can build on the land. Cody wants Christine to fork over her money for her house to pay for Coyote Pass to fix his problems. Why the fuck would Christine give Cody her money from her house? The down payment he chipped in for was only a fraction of the cost of the house. And Christine can always sell the home in her name that she paid for and pay back the down payment to Cody and Robin with no problem. And Cody knows that. Christine thinks if she is going to sell her house in her name that she paid the mortgage on, she will keep the proceeds from selling her house to put it towards the next house she purchases. And if she sells, she isn't putting that money into Coyote Pass. She says that ship has sailed for her. Cody says in confessional to Christine directly that the problem here is that it is their house. The family bought this house. It isn't Christine's house. It is their house, the family's house. Christine says if she did sell, the family needs the money right now for the property. But then she would get some of that money too. So she asks Cody how that would work out. And Cody says it would be a place of them paying off the property and then dividing up the lots. And rather than Christine quit claiming her lot, she would sell her lot on Coyote Pass 
to them. Cody wants Christine to do the family a favor and pay back more than her down payment that he claims he paid. He wants Christine to save them from this Coyote Pass business and to allow them to screw her over and tie her money up. She would have to wait for the land to be surveyed and rezoned and then they would have to buy that from her. But it's not really a fair deal for anyone but Cody and it gets Cody out of his financial mess. That's what Cody wants as a parting gift and he is using Truly as a bargaining chip and he is creating fake laws and a custody agreement and throwing around that they need lawyers to try to intimidate Christine. If she agrees to his financial ideas to save him, then he might suddenly decide lawyers aren't necessary. He doesn't really want Truly or custody of Truly in my opinion. I don't think he gives a fuck. For Cody, he's using Truly and custody like that is a means to an end for him. Something to use to sway things to his advantage. And that is sick as fuck. If Cody were serious about Truly and her room, why isn't it done yet? He still said he wasn't sure about it yet. How long does it really take to get Truly a bed and a mattress and some dressers and a TV and a laptop and a desk? It could be done in a day. Surely there's a room in that mansion somewhere for Truly. Why is it still not done if that's really Cody's intention? Christine has been making every payment on this house. Every single one. So Christine says she won't be giving Cody any money from the sale of her house. Cody says he and Robin gave Christine her down payment for that house because Christine couldn't qualify for financing. So he bought that house with Christine and it was his money that went into that house to buy that house. Christine has been making a mortgage payment and they all have had to do that, but they had to come up with the money for the down payment and Cody believes that money should go back into Coyote Pass. Cody asks if Christine would act like the fourth roommate when she visits. She would live upstairs. Cody thinks it's a good idea and Christine would make an area upstairs for Truly as well. Cody says he might get Truly a room in Robin's house and Truly could stay there with him. Cody says he and Christine need to have a child custody agreement in place or the state will essentially become the owner of Truly. Cody is pulling shit out of his ass directly and he looks and sounds like a buffoon when he tells this lie. When Christine asks Cody, seriously, you, <laughs> you can tell that she knows that he is bullshitting her. And she knows Cody is just saying words. Christine asks seriously and Cody tells Christine it's stupid. Cody says in confessional, when he got to the child custody thing, he got creative about it because the rule book says it's he doesn't know what to do. And Christine wonders why they need to do this. And Cody says he doesn't know why, but 
there is this thing in the manosphere that says, if you're going to get divorced, you are going to get screwed, bro. Cody reveals he made it up and he wants to intimidate Christine. He doesn't know what to do. And in his misogynistic alpha male bullshit tone, he talks about the manosphere that a man getting divorced is going to get screwed, bro. It looks to me like Cody is working really hard overtime to be the one trying to manipulate and screw Christine over, yet again, out of what she deserves. Cody isn't a man. He doesn't know what happens in the manosphere. Cody is a pussy. He acts like a coward with no spine. Look at how he wants to do Christine dirty, all while working to try and run the narrative that she is a big bad villain out to get him when nothing could be further from the truth. Christine tells Cody that they aren't legally married though and Cody says it doesn't matter. They have to have a child custody agreement in place. They say 50-50 agreement and then they work out the details all of the time. That's what Cody tells Christine happens in these things. Otherwise, she will get a lawyer and state government involved, and the lawyer will take all the money she has. Christine wonders, does Cody not understand that she wants him to be around his kids? That she won't fight him on this? Christine says she has always wanted Cody to be around his kids. She won't fight him on this, and she wonders why Cody would say she doesn't want him to be around truly. It doesn't make sense. She wonders why she would ever say she doesn't want Cody to be around truly. It makes no sense to her at all. It makes no sense to anyone. Everyone knows Christine's intentions. Even Cody knows, and he should be ashamed of himself for pulling this fuckery. Christine says this boils down to Cody not trusting her. And Cody admits He doesn't trust her. He asks how he's supposed to trust her, and he wonders, what is the next move she's going to make against me? Paranoia much? Christine says she doesn't need to get a lawyer involved, and Cody thinks they do. He tells Christine he will ask around. Cody says divorces usually aren't that nice, and Christine is moving to a state that will come after him if she decides to. So he thinks he should have a child custody agreement in place. And Christine thinks maybe they don't need one. Basically, Cody was thinking he could use truly and fear of legal battles or lawyers or custody agreements as a way to manipulate Christine into just giving him the proceeds from her house so that he can get out of a financial bind and pay off Coyote Pass at Christine's expense and he is now talking out of his ass. He has no interest in being actively involved in Truly's life. He is threatening Christine. If the law gets involved, they will take all of your money. Cody wants to scare Christine into submission, but Christine knows she won't be manipulated or bullied She prefers not to hire a lawyer, but she will, and it shows just how unintelligent Cody thinks Christine is. 
just how much he underestimates her. It was incredibly condescending and insulting to Christine that Cody thinks he can lie to her and make up laws. He can lie about the laws in order to intimidate her like she is ignorant and incapable of figuring out the truth or doing research herself. She has been married to an idiot for over 25 years. She knows how stupid Cody is and that all he does is bullshit and manipulate. And you see how she just sat there with grace and diplomacy, not allowing any of Cody's bullshit antics to affect her. Christine knows her rights. She knows how things work and she understands that she owns the house. She might owe Cody the down payment and he got it back. Let's remember, allegedly, Christine sold him her piece of Coyote Pass for just 10 bucks. So Cody probably got the down payment he invested in her house, plus much more back. Cody makes a big deal of how Christine couldn't qualify, so he had to make the down payment. He says it with such condescension. But did Cody ever consider that Christine already gave the family way more than the cost of her down payment in all of the time and effort she sacrificed to be a full-time caregiver and nurturer to most of the kids in the family, that's already worth much more than any down payment would be. Plus, she did all of the cooking and the chores and the housework for years and years and years. Does Cody have any earthly idea how much it would cost financially if he had to pay someone to do this, if Christine wasn't the one sacrificing for the family? I found it very distasteful and disgusting to see the pettiness and the greed and the tackiness of all this and to see Cody leveraging his child as a way to try and push Christine to solve the family's financial issues when it's her money That was sick and it was disturbing as well. Cody has zero respect. He has zero gratitude. He has zero loyalty. He has zero dignity for himself or anyone in his family. And he really should be ashamed that this is how he would treat his kids and the mother of his kids. Everything for Cody seems to come down to money. He has shown more emotion and more concern over the money than he has over the emotions and feelings of truly Christine or any of his kids. I think part of this is Cody wants Christine to have as little money as possible so there is less chance of her succeeding independently. In Cody's mind at least, he still probably hopes in his delusion that if Christine is left with very little financially to work with, that eventually she will need him. She will be forced to come crawling back. Obviously, that's not the case. But Cody seems to want Christine to have fears and to have huge financial fears as well. He's paranoid because he manipulates and he calculates and he plays games. He gives everyone his worst and he expects the same back and the people around him are good-hearted people. They give Cody more than he deserves. And each time Cody takes what he can and he complains and he tries to take more without giving anything himself. They flash back to the scene of Cody finding his boxes in the garage. 
and Christine told Cody that she was being benevolent in getting his stuff out of the house because she knew Cody didn't have the time to do it himself. And Cody says, frankly, he wouldn't have moved his stuff. He would have been obstinate about it because it was his house and he wanted to live there still. Christine says she was being benevolent and if she was truly being benevolent, Cody thinks maybe Christine can be trusted throughout all of this. But Cody doesn't know. Cody tells Christine that she has to have a custody agreement in place. Otherwise, the state gets involved. Christine wonders if they should make Utah part of this agreement since she is moving to Utah with Truly. And Cody says no, they aren't doing anything ever in Utah. He advises her, don't ever involve Utah. They will get a custody agreement in Arizona, even if Truly lives in Utah. Cody fears Utah big time. Cody says he and his family left Utah under duress. Utah is this enemy. Cody says he put egg on their face, and it may be lofty of him to think, but they had a lawsuit and they kicked their ass. And Christine is moving back to Utah a state that hates him. He says that she is taking Truly, going to that state, Utah, and Cody wonders what is going to stop them from teaming up with Christine. Cody doesn't trust Christine, and whether she will be good to him or not is unknown. First of all, Cody and his wives did not move under duress. They made it clear over and over and over the law enforcement, the state, that Cody would not face charges for bigamy alone or living polygamy unless additional crimes were also being committed in conjunction with bigamy. They made it clear they had no intention of pressing charges and his family was not under threat of separation. The investigation that was done was basically because Law enforcement had to investigate when the Browns were breaking the law in front of everyone's faces on camera flaunting it, but they had no intention to do anything beyond a formality of an investigation. Nothing else was going on. They found no other crimes, so everything was closed. There was no threat. While the investigation was going on, they made their policy clear that they would not bring charges for bigamy alone, and they found no other crimes. It was done, and Cody had the privilege of knowing throughout the whole investigation that he wouldn't face charges unless he was committing other crimes, and he knew his family wouldn't be separated, but he milked it for the show, and he used the threat of familial separation and jail as a way to get the kids on board with the move and for drama and for ratings. The Browns did a lawsuit against the state, but in the end, the state of Utah appealed and it went to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals and they ordered that the lawsuit be dismissed, relying on the Utah County Attorney's Office policy limiting polygamy prosecutions to those involving alleged child bigamy, fraud, abuse, or violence, concluding that That policy eliminated any credible threat that the Browns will be prosecuted. 
It's interesting that Cody feels so threatened by the state of Utah as if they're out to get him, and then he has the arrogance and the nerve to suggest that they got egg on their face. Cody got egg on their face. That lawsuit wasn't a win. The state appealed it, and the state won. The lawsuit was dropped, dismissed, because the policy was always not to charge families for bigamy unless other crimes were going on. The whole time, Cody was told he would not be charged unless there were additional other crimes going on. And Cody knew that. That that was the policy in place. They investigated, they closed the case, they found no additional crimes, and per their policy, since there were no additional crimes, and... They made their policy clear. Since there are no additional crimes, they would not be charged. They made it clear to the Browns. They weren't under threat. But Cody wanted to play the persecuted victim. He wanted to drum up ratings. He wanted to stir up emotions. He wanted to make a storyline and do a big show that they were backed into a corner, that they had to move from Utah or their family would be ripped apart. And the adults would be jailed. They had to move under the cover of night. And that was all bullshit. The law enforcement made it clear that this investigation was just a formality, more or less. The Browns were flaunting something illegal. They had to do their job. They had to investigate it. They can't turn a blind eye and give the Browns preferential treatment. But they also made it clear what their policy was and that they had no interest in bringing charges unless additional crimes were being committed. Cody knew this, and the wives knew this, and still Cody put on a show. Then he sued them. Then the suit got dismissed because of the Utah policy, that they did not charge for bigamy alone unless other crimes were going on, and they don't separate families, which Cody and the wives knew the whole time. But Cody wanted drama. He wanted a storyline. He wanted emotions high. He wanted outrage. He wanted to be the persecuted victim who becomes the hero, asking why won't people just tolerate us? And he used this threat of having to move to keep his family together. The big lie as a way to manipulate his kids into getting on board with a move he wanted. He lied to viewers, and now he wants to have a bigger dick contest with the state of Utah, knowing his lawsuit was dropped, saying he got egg on their face when Cody lied about the situation. And in doing so, he tried to make Utah look like the big bad villain. He tried to make it look like they were forcing him out, threatening his freedom, threatening his family, and none of it was true. Cody wanted to move to Vegas. And he drummed up drama and a narrative to do it all at the expense of a lie, at the expense of making the state of Utah look like the big bad wolf. And now Cody wants to be arrogant, saying he got egg on their face. But he lost his lawsuit. It was dropped. And Cody exaggerated and he twisted the narrative that Utah is out to get him when it wasn't the case. And they kept being clear with Cody that Cody would not be charged, and Cody kept telling lies that he is under threat, that they will take his freedom, that they will rip apart his family when it wasn't true. Cody is afraid of the state of Utah now because he knows 
They know he will lie and manipulate and twist and deceive for a storyline. They know he put on a show at their expense. They know Cody lied. They know Cody twisted the narrative. They know in the end they won. Cody's lawsuit was dropped when the state appealed. If anything, Cody looks like a fool. Utah was blunt the whole time they made their policy clear in the media. Cody just wanted ratings. And he wanted a move and he wanted an excuse for it. And now Cody fears Utah because he knows he lost. They have his number. He poked the bear a time too many. And now if they can attack Cody, they will. And Christine is leaving him. She's moving to Utah. And he knows he isn't liked in Utah. They see him for who he is. They know how he twists. They know how he deceives. So if Christine wants to go after Cody after all the lies and the bullshit he put Utah through when they played fair with him and he still chose to poke and poke and poke the bear and twist for his benefit and for a storyline. So now they will gladly go after him on Christine's behalf for payments for Truly and Utah scares the fuck out of Cody. He's afraid. He is shaking in his boots because if Christine goes through the state of Utah, he knows he has a huge problem on his hands and it won't go to his favor because Cody burned all of his bridges in Utah for ratings and a storyline. And now Christine is moving back and he is scared and he feels threatened. I think when Christine mentioned, should we not get the custody agreement in Utah since she's moving there? She knew that Cody would feel intimidated by that and she knows he seems very afraid of Utah. Cody is getting truly a room for herself in Robin's house. Christine thinks it's great because then Cody will spend more time with Truly since he isn't spending time with Truly now. Why isn't Cody spending time with Truly? I thought he had grand plans to see her a couple days a week. He said she would have a bed and a room in Robin's house. Why has that still not happened? When he mentioned it months ago, he insisted that he wanted to do this. He said he wants 50-50 custody. Why hasn't he been seeing Truly while she is still right next door in Flagstaff? Could it be because he doesn't give a fuck about Truly or parenting Truly or spending time with her and he just wants to use her as a leverage to get Christine to give him what he wants? Nothing Cody does is with genuine heart and intention. It's all about him and his interests and his ego, what he can gain, how he can manage things to his advantage. Truly is a human being. He is her father. And to hear her say that Cody basically just asked if she knew about the divorce and she said, yes, she's okay with it. And Cody just said, okay, and that was it. What the fuck was that? From what Truly said, I don't think Cody discussed Truly's feelings with her at all. I doubt he reassured her that he will always be there for her as her father or anything. He seemed more emotional over what he and Christine will do regarding the finances and his ego seemed dented that Truly was sadder over moving than the divorce. The house meant more to her than him. He didn't seem to really consider Truly and connecting with her and her feelings. It seems all about Cody, really, and Cody's interests. When will Truly's room be ready? Is it ready now? 
How often does Cody call Truly? How often does she use her room at Goblin's Lair? Cody wants custody, 50-50. So why wasn't he with Truly every minute he could be while she was still in Flagstaff? Cody has to think about Truly's room still and everything else. Christine would love to not get a lawyer involved, but she says if Cody is already going there and lawyering up, she will as well. Christine doesn't want to, though. She would rather just work it out amiably. She says they have kids, so she wishes they could work this out on their own. She says they aren't legally married, so they don't have to go down that road. I think it's pointless to get lawyers and do a custody agreement, but if Cody wants to get a lawyer, she can get a lawyer. I think in the end, Christine knows Cody will not take truly half of the time, and she would love for Cody to be more involved with all of her kids, including truly. But I think Christine probably knows that Cody is unfortunately just using truly and the idea of lawyers and a custody agreement to intimidate Christine as a tactic, try and leverage her into giving Cody what he wants from her financially. Christine would never keep the kids from Cody. We all know that, and Cody knows that too. Cody won't bother seeing any of his kids if it means an effort or inconvenience from him. Christine knows Cody is just being intentionally difficult and she isn't going to play this game. She knows it's stupid, but if Cody is getting a lawyer, she will too. Cody probably thinks if he mentions legal stuff and lawyers and money that it will intimidate Christine so much so that she will just capitulate to whatever he wants so it's easy. But Christine isn't going to listen to Cody create his fairy story laws She knows it's all lies. She isn't stupid. And I find it so insulting that he would think anyone would be that dumb. He is the only one who is that dumb to on camera make up shit on the fly that is obviously untrue and ludicrous and then state it as a fact expecting Christine to buy into it or expecting viewers to buy into it. Cody is so dumb. His ego must be putting way too much pressure on his brain. The excess pressure from his ego is really, really, really affecting his common sense and critical thinking. Next time on Sister Wives, Janelle explains that the trailer was a rude awakening. Cody says living in the trailer is an absolute inconvenience. Every day, Janelle is dealing with one new problem. Uh Uh-oh, If Cody says something is inconvenient, it means don't expect me here. He is putting his foot down. He won't be at Janelle's ever again. Goblin is over at Mary's house all of a sudden because she needs something from Mary, of course. So now Robin predictably will make an effort to be like sisters again with Mary because it suits her and she needs Mary. Robin tells Mary, hang on with me, okay? And Mary says she is. Robin says they have to rebuild. Cody says the only people who have gotten his side of the story are Robin and Mary. This is the part where Robin will suddenly find herself making an effort to see Mary because she needs Mary for the TLC paycheck and the implications about the afterlife 
and Cody is also becoming increasingly unhinged lately. Robin has complained a lot that Cody is angry, he's unhappy, and Cody mentioned he has a fondness for Mary now. He favors Mary more now, last episode. He no longer feels betrayed by Mary. Now Christine is at the top of his shit list. So Robin needs Mary to help with Cody and to hang on. And so now Robin will pay Mary much more attention because she needs her. Christine explains that her name is the only name on this house. So legally she gets to make all of the decisions. Cody says he has an emotional attachment to this house. And he has an emotional attachment to Christine as well. If Cody has such an emotional attachment to this house, why was he there just sporadically? He only spent three out of 800 full days with his family, and that was when they were doing outdoor activities. That wasn't even in the house. Cody couldn't even sit in the home's yard because it was too cold and too inconvenient for him to see Isabel there when she decided to do school in person. All of a sudden, Cody has an emotional attachment and a fondness to a house he was rarely at. Cody says he has an emotional attachment to Christine. How emotionally attached could Cody be? Maybe his attachment to Christine and how emotionally attached he feels could be something other than emotional attachment. Maybe his ego can't let go of Christine, but he isn't emotionally attached. Do you stop intimacy with a wife you are emotionally attached to? Do you leverage intimacy with that wife for her as a bargaining chip to change her behavior with your other favorite wife? Do you allow your wife you feel emotionally attached to to help your daughter through major surgery alone? Do you allow your wife you are so emotionally attached to to feel as though other wives matter more than her? Cody isn't emotionally attached. His ego won't let go. He's possessive. He doesn't want to set Christine free. It's not an emotional attachment. It's an ego thing. I don't think Cody deeply emotionally attaches to anyone. All of his attachments and conditional love is based on what others do for him, how pleasing they are to him, how they make him feel, if they submit to him, if they adore him. Cody doesn't emotionally attach deeply with anyone, in my opinion. Emotions are an inconvenience, and Cody is the most emotionally lazy one of the bunch. He does, however, mistake possessiveness and ego for emotion. And his ego is attached to Christine. His ego can't let go. And I can't wait for the day Christine meets the man of her dreams who treats her with unconditional love and respect, who accepts her just as she is, who treats her like she is the world to him, like she means the world to him, who not only listens to her voice, but is eager and enthusiastic about hearing her voice. When that day comes, my one wish is that TLC cameras are there to film Kotex and Goblin meeting this man worthy of a woman like Christine. Cody will be tasting a lot of foot that day. I can't imagine the mess that will spew from his mouth.
That does it for this episode. To my YouTube viewers, please like and subscribe and let me know your thoughts in the comments section if you like. I'll see you guys soon for the next episode of Sister Wives. Thanks for listening. Bye.